1: Hello and welcome to another in-season episode of Sequelizers. I am your host as always, Jack Chambers Ward. And joining me, also as always,
0: it's Matt Dogden. Get this thing cooking, you flaccid little worm. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
1: I do most of the cooking in my household, though. I'm often called a flaccid little worm. It's a nice welcome back after my honeymoon. I mean, for the listeners, it's just another week. But for us, we've been like a couple of weeks apart. This is like one of the longest breaks we've ever had. Because mm. I think we had the long break when you went to Japan, yes, Matt. Yes. And I think that's that's the longest, that's single the longest, longest yes. break we've had in Six, nearly six, coming up on seven years. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of people who've been around for many, many years, it's Timatum.
2: Look, a pentagram. Lon Chaney had one of those on his palm when he was sequelized by that werewolf.
1: <laughs> 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 sequelized by a werewolf. <laughs> Sexual. Which one of us? That's the question. You. What do you mean me? You'd fuck a dog. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm. But none of us are particularly hairy, though, is the other thing as well. Like, we're not outwardly very werewolfy, because in, in, mm. typically when you're in a TV or a film or whatever, like you have to have like, oh, it's the really hairy guy, kind of looks like a dog. Oh, look, surprise, surprise. He's a fucking werewolf. Or in like, you know, his name translates as like Wolfie McWolferton or something. Yeah. Like, oh, Surprise,
0: surprise. I mean, yeah. Michael J. Fox. Anybody? Oh, uh-huh. uh, they're basically wolves. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking about wolves this week. Is Michael
2: Michael J. Fox the twinkiest
1: werewolf? (laughs) Yes, next to Jason Bateman. (laughs) Tune in to our podcast, our spin-off podcast, The Twinkiest Werewolf.
0: (laughs) Sounds like it's (laughs) (laughs) family-friendly. It
1: it fucking ain't. (laughs) Because that is our topic for this week. It's not Twinkie Werewolves, unfortunately. It is family-friendly Halloween films. So we're probably not going to be talking about too many Twinkie Werewolves. We might do. You never know. I mean, we might,
0: given not. the most recent like trend, like you've got like, watch Wednesday for example. Yeah, that's true true. It, it's yeah.
1: It's a family friend. I guess it's family friendly. Yeah, it's fucking PG thirteen sort of yeah. stuff. That's family yeah. friendly. Yeah. I'll talk. We're talking about Wednesday Adams later on, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? But before we get to talking about our picks, which of course, if you've never heard an in season episode before, they'll be in the second half. We'll have specific picks, specific choices, topics to talk about in the second half. But we'll kind of be tackling the history, the. Kind of origins of a lot of the family-friendly Halloween stuff, the shift towards family-friendly stuff, how the kind of marketing shifted, how the genre shifted, and all that kind of stuff. Talking about the evolution of family-friendly films around the Halloween time of the spooky type over the years. The spooky variety. and spooky variety indeed. Before we get to that, though, we can get to the first half of the episode let's say a huge thank you to everyone on patreon.com slash you make the show possible. You make the clips and the little things I'm about to play possible and you make everything we do with our microphones, our website, our merchandise, yeah. our, all the bonus clips. You get full bonus inter-season episodes, all that kind of stuff. All thanks to you on patreon.com slash sequelizers. Hmm. You can get full bonus in season episodes. You get outtakes and movie commentaries during the main season. Come up to season thirteen very soon. I know it feels like it's far Ooh, away because it's episode nine, but thirteen—it's it's spooky to me, Matthew. Because I haven't <laughs> started writing yet. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why are you not? That's not. What surprising. are you doing on your honeymoon? Literally nothing like that. Why weren't you working? <laughs> I mean, I did do a bit of work. I watched. I, some, fucking... I watched some relevant films. Okay, fair enough. But I did not write any relevant stuff, any pictures yet. But I have ideas, and that's the that's, important that's thing. That's what. That's all counts. That's all. That's the that's spark all of
0: imagination.
1: Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> ignoring the spark of imagination, you can also get, as I said, exclusive merch, discounts on merch. You get ad-free and early access to every single episode as well. You can listen to it on the Friday before it comes out for everybody else on the Tuesday. You get a whole weekend and a Monday to go and listen to it. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely old time on Patreon. You can also go up to the £30 tier, get a shout-out, get an avatar drawn by the one and only John Scarrett, and you also get the title of executive producer. We call them the EPs and they get a clip to go along with them. This week's EPs are Marcus Lindstrom.
2: Hey, what the hell do you think you're doing, bald bed? This floor used to be
0: dirty enough to eat off of.
1: <laughs> Next up we have Mick Breen.
0: I'm not the other anything, I'm me. Um, I can see you don't have button eyes, but if you're the same cat, how can you talk? I just can.
1: Next up, we have Canis Rufus. She's white!
3: Search out this small love of that!
1: Josh van
0: a Sluis. Pardon my enthusiasm. I like your enthusiasm. Ooh. <laughs> That's what it goes in. <laughs> Oscar Sadler
2: don't be silly I know when you're lying to me papa
1: and Martin Calderwood Uh sisters
3: did you hear what he called you whatever shall we do with him let's barbecue and filet hang him on a hook and let me play with him no
0: Sexual awakening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the one moment where I'm like, oh, Sarah Jessica Parker is a person, I guess. <laughs> I usually can't fucking stand her. I was like, actually, actually, quite good, quite good looking in that movie. Everybody yeah. has a well, mm, a, a lot of
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone meaning me specifically. Now nah, I've seen on TikToks, it's it's the whole like, oh no, the fire ex- the, the fire alarm's gone off and the the sprinkler system's gone off and she like ah and sticking tongue out and it's like, oh oh no. <laughs> The adult in me is having problems now. <laughs> the adult
1: in me is having problems
0: now. <laughs> yeah, not the adult that I am. <laughs> the uh,
1: the he, adult. He, was the adult in child Matt the same as adult Matt now? He probably was always there people? being terrifying, yeah. Is like like it's just It's just like creepy bald Matt just been lurking in little boy Matt this I whole time. I think
0: adult people are inside. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm gonna fuck you. That goddamn soundboard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it is really a devil of your own de- creation, there, Matthew. It's all just things you've said what out loud been, into hoist, a hoisted on so many petards. To, to, to quote Hayden Christensen
3: "What have I done?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> to quote, uh, how many times has that ever been said on a podcast? Like twice. ever. A lot of Star Wars
0: nah, true, true. There are a lot of Star Wars podcasts. And the sand, you know, it gets quoted all the fucking time.
1: Yeah, but nobody says to quote Hayden Christensen. That's true. That's not a thing. I hope you're going to look forward to the next load of VIP clips. It's (laughs) all Hayden Christensen. (laughs) Family-friendly Halloween film he's been in. Boo. Jumper. (laughs) Oh, God. Jumper. We're not talking about Jumper, though. Thank God. We're going to talk about the VIPs, the people at the highest tier on patreon.com slash sequelizers who get to pick topics. Spoiler alert. Next week is a Patreon pick. Mm. We'll talk all about it. It's a very, very interesting Kind of off the beaten path, kind of topic. I'm very intrigued to talk about it. It's mm. kind of relevant to us, and we're a little it's, bit. It's both
2: on the off the beaten path and very much on the beaten path. Yeah, as well. it's
1: it's a weird kind of thing. It's hard to describe, but actually, kind of makes a lot of it's sense. It's movie paths <laughs> when they step
0: out of uh, the council of, of famous El gardens Elrond. and paths. Which <laughs> way is more? left or right? <laughs> yeah. it turns out the path was left. Who fucking knew? <laughs> I think it's right, and everyone's gonna get really angry. Now. <laughs> um, probably, probably.
1: But the VIPs for this week are Stuart Main.
2: Now the transition into manhood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, Stuart. Jonathan Firth-Clark.
3: Are we supposed
0: to be in costume like you guys? Costume? Costume. Uh, Shakespearean aristocratic thing like you guys. I did not wear the costume of an aristocrat. I am an aristocrat. That reminds me of the joke quote from the uh, Harley Quinn series. I'm not like a socialist. I am a socialist. <laughs> Josh Miles.
1: you, my boy, look at you. Still traveling by mail, Mr. Cheapo, huh? It's not a money
0: thing. I have a plane phobia, okay? I mean, at any moment, those engines could catch... Fire! Oh. Yeah, yeah. Fire! Burn! We know. Fucking Kevin James, man. <laughs> I think that Hotel Transylvania is probably the best use of their time. Yeah <laughs> Just the best keep doing Kevin that guys. Yeah. It, it, Their quirky Silly bollocks Humor Without the sexualization, Yeah Fits that shit great <laughs> I'm okay with that Fair enough Just stay I, away I from, That's a valid statement Stay away from live action boys
1: Yeah I Have a Dude Man is next They're not ghosts we're just having hallucinations from that dinner that we ate it was that chicken it didn't taste right hey who it's not the chicken all right it's not the chicken
0: it's not the chicken but we're still getting out of here but dad we have to help them hey you can't help the dead honey. they're beyond help. that's the nature of being dead
1: (laughs) James McDowell
3: I want you to remember something while your parents are away I am in charge here yes uncle Bob Dutch day is coming up and I don't need any trouble
1: and last but not least, it's Philip Morgan. He slimed me. That's
0: great. Actual physical contact. Can you move? Ray,
1: Ray come in, please. I feel so funky. <laughs> <laughs> we had a slime clip not too long ago as well, I feel. Yeah. There's plenty plenty of slime clips going around. Feels appropriate for this episode. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Cause like I said, we are talking about family-friendly Halloween Films this week.
0: Let's dive into it, shall we, John? Family-friendly Halloween. It kind of works. Films. <laughs> films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely works. So, <clears throat> you may be asking yourself a lot of questions. One of those questions could be, "The fuck is family-friendly Halloween?" It's the what we decided to coin to describe this thing. <laughs> uh, it's basically marketing horror to children. Essentially. For one of mm. phrase, yeah. 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 And it's like, well, how's that different? It's like the same way that if you ask a horror fan who's really into like extreme niche, either you're like, you know, gory schlock from Italy from the 70s, or some elevated horror from recently and some mm. thrilling A twenty-four shit. Wh- whatever your thing is, or maybe mm. you're like into really into slasher 80s stuff, that's your mm. thing. Usually that's born out of I watched this other film as a kid, in theory. And that other film is interesting because, to my understanding, it was probably an actual horror film from decades prior. Mm. And then people realized they could sell it to somebody and make money. So mm. they make a kid version of it. And the version that we talked about in our uh, Dark Universe episode is that the Universal Monsters were not kid-friendly movies. They were terrifying horror films from the uh, 30s and 40s, respectively. But because of the element of, like, we need to sell this to a wider Mm. audience, Abbott and Costello, you get the bullshit side of it. But then equally, as the years go on, and because of the nature of cinema and escalation and how art is heightened, shall we say, you know, showing something like, for argument's sake, Event Horizon, there's a sci-fi horror. (laughs) Showing that side by side with come. Her, like, <laughs> one of these is not scaring me. Yeah, it's like yeah, because you've gone through the process of seeing this stuff. But mm-hmm. as a child, you don't have that. You don't have that filter, so you will be. Some people, as kids, are terrified of the black and white, you know, mm. Frankenstein film because it is meant to be scary. But then you see, like, yeah, but it ain't scary as fucking Megan. It's like, well, how is Megan scary? It's, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard does, to describe. It, she she does a TikTok dance. She and, does a dance.
2: and there's nothing more terrifying than you know TikTok.
0: Yeah, an, an adult, adult dressed as a child doing a dance is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but if you show that to like someone in the 30s, obviously with lots of, things, lots of questions, but the, it's like, I don't see how this is scary. Mm. Or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's about desensitization, it's about preparation, and most importantly, and this, this is the most important thing, it's not always just about, you know, oh, can we tell a cool story that kids will like? We'll tell them a, you know, an action story, we'll tell them a mm. romance story. It's like, no, no, no. It's how can you sell shit to kids? Mm. Almost classically.
1: Yeah, I think the escalation thing is a really, well, first of all, it's something we've talked about quite a few times on the show before, especially the escalation of horror. And being the perfect example, we talked about it a lot when we were covering the Universal Monster stuff and mm-hmm. talking about the dark universe and how you can't just make the same film you made 90 years ago now in 2023 and expect people to be super spooked and scared by it and audiences to be horrified by it and all that kind of stuff. Because mm. culture has changed, expectations have changed, and the escalation of all this kind of stuff has changed as well tolerance has changed very much so yeah and then coming round to that of like now for me growing up in the 90s like the amount of family friendly horror stuff that was coming through some of which we'll be talking about in the second half with specific examples but specifically thinking of like oh it's got funny elements to it it's not supposed to be scary necessarily but it's got like elements you'd kind of expect from a horror film oh it's taken the character of frankenstein and put them in a different way oh it's dracula but it's kid dracula or that kind of thing Mm. and that's such a common way of taking we've seen it for so many other franchises whether it's like young james bond or young indiana jones and all these like big franchises that then get filtered down and repackaged for kids but then also there's the other side of it of like you could probably show a lot of the older horror movies to kids now and they'd be like cool yeah whatever i don't care does it have a TikTok dance in it? No, I'm not scared.
0: <laughs> Hellraiser. Yeah, exactly. Just like Hellraiser.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's basically the same as like the Goosebumps movie. Uh,
0: now, I got a flak I got flak for this, but seriously, though. You I still did, do. You I st- got flack about 10 minutes ago. That's what I brought it up. <laughs> um, yes, the idea that, you know, eventually the terrors of your past become the souvenirs of your future. And it's like, yeah, we'll just put it in there and crowbar it in. And I think we're gonna do a thing when we switch to TV for a second. Simpsons. Treehouse of Horror, yeah, from the, from like the very early mm-hmm. on, it was like we're going to do a spooky episode, and it's like mm. that's not really what the show's about it is now, motherfucker. I've decided it is, yeah. And subsequently, again, it would be doing things about the time you know Freddy Krueger and other you know mm. contemporary horror of the period, but it would also be doing older stuff, Frankenstein, and so on and so forth. And I personally think, yes, it's always been around. We got that classic fifties, you know idea of what horror is and you know i'm gonna go see a spooky movie oh gee willikers you know Mm. that kind of stuff and in halloween they're watching thing from outer Mm. space and stuff and you know you have you know kids watching scary films etc so it's always been there but after the satanic panic and people are like no this is bad the children think about the children you get to the 90s and it's like well rather than them having the direct source of horror let's just make horror for them and I'm glad to put the '90s up because I do believe, and it's not just because it's my childhood and teenage years, but I genuinely feel the '90s at that peak. Let's just go full whack and yeah. from big, big studios.
2: Yeah, and I think it. I think it. It started in the '80s, yeah. and I think you can see the seeds of it. There's a lot of factors. A, you know, we talked so much about how the '80s was when a lot of Hollywood got taken over by the investors and stuff like that from, from outside Mm, traditional filmmaking. And so they were looking for easy wins and Hey, let's take this old horror property and repackage it for kids Mm -hmm. is an easy win. Um, And so you get those films being made. Yep. You also have the eighties horror boom slashes and stuff like that. And kids are going to want to see like, If they have like older siblings or whatever, or even just, you know, people above them in high school or whatever, who are like watching like, oh, yeah, watching Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. Mm. There are going to be kids who want to watch that Mm. and who can, you know, cope with that. And there are going to be kids who want to kind of watch that, but aren't really ready for that. And so they want something that is... A more sanitized version of that. So there I think that it's it's both a mm. marketing thing because that creates the desire for it and mm. that you know that we consume the things that we're told, hey, you should be watching this. Yes. But I do think there is also that when there is more horror available to watch for teens than kids. Who are not quite ready for that? They're, they're, they want the methadone
0: equivalent of the of the horror heroin. Yeah, because <laughs> kids are always rushing to be adults. Yeah, and if they're told they can't have something, but older kids can. Yeah, give me that right now. Yeah,
2: and so this is for either for kids who aren't quite ready for it themselves, or for parents who are going. No, I'm not taking you to see Friday the Thirteenth. Why don't we go and see Casper instead? Yeah, you know. Um, and I think that there's. There's definitely that, I think, yeah, like I said, it's born in the 80s and then develops much more in the 90s because of a variety of factors, including stuff like the generation that grew up with TV Mm, that had access to those universal horror films that would be played on, you know, repeat kind of every Halloween and stuff like that, that for them, they grew up with with that iconography um and so we're sort of ready for it to be you know repackaged and stuff like that but then when you get to the 60s horror and you're moving into stuff like psycho and then like italian you know giallo films and stuff like that you can't really just like go like well that's suitable for kids as well it's like "Mm, it's lots of stabbing and stuff
0: enjoy suspiria yeah maybe, maybe not maybe maybe not uh you Don't know worry, if, they remade it
2: for the kids yeah everything's
1: fine maybe yeah. not
2: <laughs> um and so yeah you can't and 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 the kind of the coming up generation is is going to look at the the universal monsters and go like it's this kind of boring i want something more contemporary it's like you know oh okay but we can't really show you what horror became after the 50s and you know into the into yeah. the 70s kind of thing so we're
0: gonna to have to find another way to fill that niche. I want to see the nun too. Maybe not. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the new remake of uh, Haunted Mansion. Yeah, you can watch that. Yeah, no, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really interesting point to bring up. Not only TV,
1: but the want for kids to feel like grown-ups and like either. Sneaking into a cinema and being like, "Yeah, I'm 18, everything's yeah. fine," and
0: traumatizing themselves. Exactly, yeah.
1: yeah. Or, and I've told this story before on the show many times, but staying up late and watching a thing on TV that you shouldn't be watching. Mm-hmm. I did that for Predator 2. That is very much like my my <laughs> origin story of like, "Oh God, I should not be watching this. This is I didn't even know I again lifelong vegetarian. I didn't even know what a meat locker was. <laughs> alone, what the fuck is going on with Gary Busey <laughs> in that film? But yeah, it's it's a whole... I mean, you can say that about any Gary Busey film. That's true. What the fuck is going on with that guy? (laughs) That's true. It was a very very interesting time for young Jack. But I think that is a huge point where kids want to feel involved in adult things. And now all of us being the old wizened men that we are, we want Mm. to try and grasp onto the last strands of our youth (laughs) and... You, you kind of do the opposite when you're a kid. Like, oh, I want to be a teenager. I want mm. to be grown up. I want to do this and have... No, you don't. You don't want to have, like, rent and mortgage and, <laughs> and taxes and shit. It's a massive pain in the arse. It's a con. Me. Stay young. Trust yeah. me,
0: kids. Stay young. Don't do it. Um. Also, I should point out, just to completely pivot here, this is very much a white dude's opinion. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Because three, three white dudes opinions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. Um, no, uh, what I mean by that is um, our perspective is like, oh, you're always rushing me out to want this thing. Mm. Yeah, not always when like uh, anyone who's identifies as a woman. It's like no, adulthood is forced on you fucking fast. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, that's true. And women's interpretation of horror is always different because of the idea of how horror is presented, usually overly sexualized. Mm. Um, I mean, just even the the, tr- the train change from the original Night of the Living Dead. Uh, to the 90s Night of the Living Dead and Barbara's different role, for example, just how women are presented. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, uh, and then obviously we get like the things like Scream and so forth, I'm just about actual horror here, but you yeah. know what I mean? And that is also reflected in TV specials and stuff and so on mm-hmm. so forth. But women, and I'm, not, I'm not speaking for women, um, a lot of people in theory say like, yeah, this horror is cool and shit, but I'm going to get into true crime. Why? Because that's my horror. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that scares the fuck out of me. And so you get into like crime novels and that kind of stuff and it's mm. different. But that's not saying, you know, it's not a thing for girls, although mm. it's definitely marketed in a way that isn't in theory just stupid. But it does tend to be quite a gatekeeper-y, mm. ostracizing kind of uh genre, as a lot do, unfortunately. Um But at the same time, uh equally, the way people interpret horror, we we've seen like uh if you take like uh, Jordan Peele, for example, you know representing for different ethnicities it's like yeah and then equally i'm under the shadows is a great film from iran and uh, that representation of horror now that thing is <clears throat> again that's horror for adults mm. horror for kids in different countries also hits differently mm. you don't we, we are then we're all dictated by cinema by the american film industry mm. so we get that stuff and it's like I'm going out trick-or-treating from candy corn. like, I don't know what the fuck a candy corn is. Yeah. I've been to America so many times, nearly moved there. I've never had one. Mm. It looks and sounds horrifying because you've got people saying, on the one hand, oh, it's so Halloween-y. I love it. It's great. It makes me think of the season. Oh, it's so mm. cool. Mm. Crunch, crunch, crunch. That's my teeth. Um, and then the <laughs> other side of it, I've got, oh, it's cheap knockoff shit. And you're like, mm. A lot and- of people say it's like <laughs> the worst candy yeah. in, mm. in existence so and it's clearly both it's just about, <laughs> it's just like that you're dictated by this external for lack of a better word foreign soft power yeah. mm. of cinema and propaganda of candy corn candy corn but then you also get like in japan the infantilization of horror through chibi shit mm. so like oh here is a cartoon for children about a vampire cat mm. And it gets like some salmon and goes tier, tier, and starts sucking on the thing and it's trying to. It's like ah, oh, it's cute. What's that bottle in the fridge? Maybe it's blood. No, it's ketchup. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like oh, okay. This is weird. It's like but yes, but that's the whole point. It's still you can mm-hmm. still market this stuff and sell toys and sell count duckula. Count fucking duckula, man. <laughs> Love count duckula. Count duckula. God, I haven't <laughs> thought about count duckula in a while. Well, let's talk about our personal experiences then. Yeah, because we we're all roughly the same age. Mm. Roughly. Legally, um, and <laughs> on paper, it was so ominous. Um, I'm, I'm obviously the the eldest boy, the elder statesman <clears throat> of the sequelizers Yeah, and I, the daddy bear. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been. <laughs> um, I don't play that fucking soundboard, I'll kill you <laughs> um, So I, I remember being genuinely traumatized by Freddy Krueger. Mm. hadn't seen any of the films as a kid but terrified of it Mm. um in the local parish um there was a halloween costume thing and it was the classic generational thing of older parents boomers basically saying like oh no uh, uh, halloween is a uh, scary thing And the other part of being a very Irish, like, no, it isn't. It's it's our thing. Mm -hmm. And then others are saying, it's fine. I bought my child this costume. It's very Mm. expensive. And then it becomes this competing nonsense. I remember uh, one kid came dressed as Freddy Krueger and it freaked me the fuck out. Um, I was dressed as Pinhead, so it's fine. (laughs) But basically, the idea is that, um, yeah, even then, Frankenstein and and Dracula, the mummy, these were all cool things for me, Mm. but they were also yogurt pots they were were also like merchandised as everything i would see all the time so when halloween rolled around there was no trick-or-treating in the country as far as i could tell no one really did it yeah halloween was just a time to just kind of hang out with your friends and maybe watch a scary film which would be like a a universal horror sort of thing and then someone would say let's watch friday the 13th or something and say no we can't do that Mm. we can't do that and then you know because kids are kids you traumatize yourself And go, oh, yeah, I've seen it. I think it's great. I've Mm. seen all 19 of them. You just lie, obviously. (laughs) Anyway, then the 90s comes out, and there's more of that. Like Monster Squad, for example, and Ghostbusters. Mm. It's like, yeah, were they should they have been for kids? Should they have been rated PG? That kind of thing. Mm. Um, Obviously, Monster Squad wasn't. That was very different. But then you get to the whole, oh, here's some stuff for you. 90s comes along. Mm. Uh, The reason I'm being coy, by the way, is because we're gonna talk about all that shit later in the show. Yeah. So my memories specifically are that there was a lot of cool, spooky stuff. I was a weirdo kid. I like these things. X files started up. I was looking for excuses to watch, <laughs> mm. you know, eerie, unsettling things, but not real horror. Because mm. I didn't want to be truly afraid until my teenage years and the internet came <laughs> along and fucked and me ruined up. Ruined you. <laughs> and rotten dot com. Oh god. And so I said, like, Oh, real horrors. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um and and then, you know, horror escalation and and they re-released the exorcist and so on so forth Mm. but it was still the gateway it was still this is good enough and there were still also things in there halloween specials of tv series and things that were still fucking terrifying Mm. that still went too far not because and this is kind of a subjective truth for everybody and still holds weight for adults and children Mm. the threshold of tolerance is not set universally for everybody no What scares me does not always scare someone else. Mm. It makes it relatable. So, you know, oh, just tell an honest story of what's terrifying to you. And that changes over time with, we talked about this in the Universal Monsters one, it has to have a theme, it has to be about something. Uh, There's a Japanese film called Pulse, for example, from The Guide to the Ring. Um, It's not as scary as the idea of technology and you being lost and just sucked into this Mm. dark patch in the wall, which obviously speaks to a lot of horror from Japan and things. But from a childhood point of view, I knew I wanted to experience that level of, ooh, spooky, mm-hmm. scary, love that really cool, unsettling, unnerving stuff, but I didn't want to go too far. You, you want that, you know, I want to cover my eyes and go, oh, it's mm-hmm. scary, but you want to be flack about it with safe, which is what horror is for everybody, really, mm-hmm. because it can't actually hurt you. It can mm-hmm. traumatise the fucking head. it, could, it could damage <laughs> you mentally, but the idea is it's supposed to be a safe experience where nothing's actually going to hurt you, mm. but you can get scared. So that was me personally. And because of my age, there was a fuck ton of it. Even mm. like to this is a weird one to say around the period of time it was like, Oh, okay, well, let's watch a film. That's appropriately Halloweeny, not horror. It's why we call mm. it family friendly Halloween, not mm. horror because yes. yeah. most of it's comedy. Mm. And here's a weird one for you. Batman. Yeah. Mm. 1989 and 99 was um, uh, Batman and Batman returns. Mm. They're kind of horror films for kids. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, it's Tim Burton is kind
2: of the poster boy for this.
1: Very much so. We'll be talking so, about Tim Burton in the second half. Yeah, don't yeah, you yeah, worry. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of the ways that you could look at this is is also like, it's like training wheels horror. There it is. Um, You know, it's, and I think there is, there is a recognition among most people that, it's actually good for kids to watch stuff that is, isn't going to traumatize them, but does kind of slightly scare them a bit um, because that's part of the experience of life. And
0: you don't want to show people too much.
2: You don't Exactly. You don't want to wrap your kids in cotton wool kind of stuff.
0: They can't have spicy food. It'll hurt them out. Yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, maybe they'll just figure it out themselves. Yeah.
2: Um. And so a lot of these, these films and this, these kind of, uh, uh, productions and stuff it is that kind of like okay let's put this stuff out and let's ki- let's let kids find their own limits and so yeah obviously sometimes kids going to watch something and it is going to freak them out because they're not ready for that or it particularly strikes a chord with them or whatever but mm. for the most part you know studios and uh, etc filmmakers are pretty good at judging like okay yeah this is and obviously Also, censorship boards come in as part of this. Very much so, because they're ultimately going to decide. No, that's this is a PG. This is a you know, twelve or a PG thirteen or whatever. Mm. Here are where the boundaries are set. Um, You know, and and I think in many ways, horror is all. You know, I because I to, to kind of drift into my story with this kind of stuff is that I watched a lot. Well, not a lot. I watched a fair amount of the kind of the family-friendly Halloween stuff that we'll we'll mm-hmm. get into, but I was never a horror. I I never felt the push to go into like horror films. I watched like Scream and you know uh, Sixth Sense when they sort of were were buzzy horror films in the kind of early two thousand and you'd been a teenager at this point, like and years I would old. have been a teenager at that point, and it was watching them on you know home home video because I was mm-hmm. always a, a baby-faced idiot who could never sneak into a movie um
0: tim you still are babyface
2: yes that's true and i still can't sneak into movies (laughs) um because you bring all your keys with you (laughs) that's true (laughs) jangly fuck yeah so all my costumes have all my clothes have bells on them so you know that's
0: that's i hope people are picturing this tiny child morris dancer yes tim yeah yeah pretty much
2: um yeah so i i and and also like my friend group wasn't particularly like horror fans and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. no one was pushing for that. So we were watching lots of action films, which arguably were even less appropriate because yeah, it's like, yeah. like obviously there's a certain kind of horror out there. And it was a, a very popular kind of horror in the nineties and, and the stuff that pre pre existed or late eighties into the nineties that, you know, the slasher fix that are mm-hmm. gory and, you know, God knows what, the kids who grew up who were like, yeah, let's go watch a Saw film when we're 14, yeah. uh, what that did to their brain. But, um, you know, the sort of the uh, the more kind of spooky psychological stuff we certainly, like, weren't watching even though that arguably, you know, there there are films out there that don't have that gory element to them that are more suitable for children probably by the classification thing than action um and of course now we have this trend in action cinema of like it's fine you can show someone being shot as many times as you like as long as they don't bleed on the camera and it's like that's that 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 feels odd Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so I my main, it's an interesting one to talk about because when I think of like family-friendly Halloween stuff and especially like kind of child-friendly horror type things, I mainly think of TV. Mm. I think of stuff yeah, like yeah. Uh, Goosebumps, uh, Are yeah. You Afraid of the Dark, Eerie Indiana, mm-hmm. those kind of series, which were very much more more kind of like, I mean, obviously some of those were, more explicitly horror, eerie Indiana was more like kind of like Twilight Zone for kids. So oh, uh, every episode of dial up or dial down sci-fi yes, or horror. Yeah yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and yeah, I, I think because through a variety of factors, like and obviously I went to the cinema to see certain things, you know, but they were always very much the more child friendly mm. side of stuff. And I never really kind of pushed the boundaries in that way. Because I'm a big coward um and uh <laughs> you know wrong with that. <laughs> uh so yeah i kind of and and so i have a like a big kind of gap in my horror viewing where it was like well you know i'll watch you know the, the and and the distinction i always think in my, of my head is is spooky rather than scary yeah, yeah 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 um you know i'll watch the spooky things but i won't watch the scary things and then it took me like and then and then you know i was going into my teens and i was just like i just don't like horror you know, I'm gonna watch a bunch of other stuff. I'm gonna watch, you know, action and drama and comedy and you know mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then it took me a long while before I was like, maybe I should watch some of these horror films. Turns out a lot of them are quite competently made. And now mm-hmm. I'm actually, as I get older, I have a growing appreciation for horror and I'm more willing to watch horror films. But um, yeah, I wasn't one of these teens who was like, I gotta, I want to see what
1: Freddy's doing. <laughs> <laughs> for the 90th time yeah yeah. jack how about you i'm right there along with you tim yeah i'm the exact same way again i've talked about it on the show before never grew up being much of a horror guy but i've come to appreciate it so much more as an adult and realizing that some of my favorite films like i talk about the thing all the time yeah yeah that's kind of a fucking horror movie for you (laughs) oh alien that's kind of a fucking horror movie. like i i find it often where I, i i think i've had to like Have a conversation with myself and kind of admit that I'm more of a horror fan than I am Mm. as I've gotten into my 30s and like getting more appreciative of cinema, partly thanks to doing this podcast as well. And thinking about how I didn't grow up doing any of that shit, like sneaking into films and Mm. the opposite of you, Tim. Everybody thought I was like 18 because I was a giant. um, I was over (laughs) six foot by the time I was like 14, (laughs) and I never got a fucking children's ticket on a bus. And all this, It's, it's very frustrating. Um. Emma could get children's tickets. My my wife, Emma, could get children's tickets because she's quite baby-faced as well. Like, until fairly recently. And she's 35. <laughs> like, in, a, I think maybe in her late 20s, she was yeah. like, children's ticket, please. And they'd be like, there you go, you're 19. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> and there I am, like, the 40-year-old looking, her partner being like... Yeah. What? Are you dad? what do you, yeah. Yeah, you think's going on here yeah I'm, I'm the creepy uncle that's holding a hand on the bus like. <laughs> speaking of horror exactly exactly um but yeah i i had a similar kind of thing where i would see some of it on tv you mentioning things like watching goosebumps i adored the goosebumps show mm. growing up and stuff like that read a lot of the goosebumps books we did that on the show with yeah the- <laughs> Yep. My hands are made of sand. Go and Google that, because that is still one of my favourite things we've ever done. That, that's it's a, a patron exclusive. Patron outtakes. Yeah. That is glorious. For, yeah. our, for our Goosebumps episode. So go go back and listen. If you are a patron on the £10 tier or higher, go back and listen to that, because that is one of my favourite things yeah. we've ever done. On Listen, our listen to it on the witching hour. <laughs> <laughs> and find out if your hands are indeed made of sand. And uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion because again, I was born in 1990 so all of the 90s stuff we've been talking about, Mm. Casper and Adam's family and all this kind of stuff that happened in the 90s this big shift towards the kind of comedic side of things, you mentioned it Mm. earlier right now, like Mm -hmm. so many of it was it's comedy horror, it's Mm. not like oh, it's spooky, but it's just not as gory. Mm. There is an active, it's going to make you laugh, but it features ghosts or it features yeah. werewolves it's, or it's, it's the use, Frankenstein family or it, whatever. It's like. using
0: the iconography of horror exactly. without actually particularly trying to scare you. Yeah, jump scares are usually in sound. So you just dive a sound down. Yeah. And be, but a whoop sound <laughs> yeah. and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember doing a thing. I think I've talked about this
2: before in English class in high school. Where we got shown a sequence from, uh, f- uh, one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, and but first we watched it with no sound. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was just like this is hilarious. This is stupid. This is stupid. It just it just looks like a a dude just like jumping out of a hedge like. And and being like, Bruh. Um, my silly long arms. Yeah, <laughs> all right. And then and then we watched it with sound, and everyone was like, "Oh no, actually, yeah, you can see, t- t- mm-hmm. t- yeah, now it is spooky." Um, and yeah, like just those kind of tweaks in stuff, you know, you can you can completely change the tone of a horror film, mm. and yeah, it's the the it's it's quite incredible, you know, when you think about the tools that a t- filmmaker has at their disposal mm. that you can film something that you could either turn into a horror film or you can just with a few bits in post-production go, yeah, no, this is fine for kids.
0: Oh, it's the YouTube recutting of Mary Poppins, the horror film sort of thing. Yes, yeah, (laughs) or The Shining as a family-friendly film. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, actually, bring up The Shining, because I think sticking with our memories but extending it a bit, there are two fairly recent films I want to talk about that are not horror but do the exact same thing that Matthew Stockton did. Uh, with Goosebumps and Pinhead Uh-oh. So, so I'm not justifying ah. myself with big names <laughs> I heard this is a big campaign Because I've made such a big deal That you're now going out of your way to justify Look, if I got <laughs> a point to prove No, no, it's, it, it's, it's talking about the desensitization And the fact that the, the escalation we have be talking about right from mm. the start In Ready Player One, which is a 12A mm. And Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which is also a 12A mm. There are some things in there And Tim, you mentioned about being shot But no blood mm. That are more horrifying than certain horror films. Yeah. And specifically, there are two examples. The Doctor Strange one is I saw a man torn to ribbons. <laughs> uh, yeah. s- spoilers. Yeah. Um, it's like, is that sc- and a man who, who had his own mouth taken away and then said a word and his head blew up? Yeah. It's, and also not to mention the fucking red-eyed uh, Elizabeth Olsen crawling yeah. out of portals and and, and fucking <clears throat> benedict cumber dead <laughs> oh yes the zombie version yes yes 100 yeah and benedict kind of things, zombie snatch yeah thank you very much. there we go there <laughs> we go <Zombie> snatch, Jesus. <laughs> um ben benedict zombie snatch there we go yeah pun but funny so fine um but the point is that you know it's like, oh it's sam Raimi. It's like yeah and the evil dead was traumatizing as a kid i fucking yeah. love the evil dead and it was another one i was like it's so campy and silly mm, and i st- talked about it a lot on the props episode right we talked about the economic stuff and that yeah.
1: is a great example of a franchise that is this weird horror Hybrid? comedy yeah, thing, yeah. where it's when, like, yeah, it starts off fairly po face, so like, okay, yeah, this is
0: oh, shed in the woods, oh god, yeah, man. oh, yeah. shed in the yeah. woods, yeah.
1: and all that kind of stuff, and then as you get to Army of Darkness, like, oh, this, this is mad, like yeah. ridiculous bullshit, yeah, and then the remakes, the 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 new versions, mm. the parallel Evil Dead yeah. blah, blah, yeah, yeah. Evil Dead, and Evil Dead Rise. Are way more horror yeah, yes. and feature far less Bruce Campbell there's probably a correlation there yeah. uh, where you, you really have this shift towards a lot of the more spooky gory mm-hmm. weird shit mm. but gory in a completely different way Yes, because this is something we talked about with Texas Chainsaw as well right mm-hmm. like yeah. you would never show the first Texas Chainsaw to a kid Texas chainsaw two, like Dumb as fuck. Eh? Yeah. The yeah. guy just, yeah, I'm picking in my own brain. I'm yeah. in a radio station. Yeah, whatever. Like, that's not even it's barely scary. Like yeah. it's so That's some
0: Nickelodeon level nonsense. Fil-
1: filtered through that silly eighties, nineties kind of comedy filter. Mm-hmm. And there was such a big boom of that blend between comedy and horror. And again, why we were like, Why the fuck is this a Texas chainsaw movie? <laughs> and then very much with evil dead you come back around and the franchise is like we take ourselves very seriously now it's like (laughs) oh this is bad as well (laughs) you're taking yourself deadly seriously and trying to do an origin story and that's worse it's like fucking hell but uh, yeah, I find that blend and that 80s horror thing that mm. happened, like, even think of something like Gremlins, where mm-hmm. it's like, mm. oh, Gremlins is a prime example, but it's 15. It's like, yeah. no, it's for kids. It fucking ain't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there's element. there's funny bits, there's spooky bits. And again, as the franchise goes on, it shifts and the, it, mm. it almost like bounces between the two kind of polar ends of the spectrum of mm. comedy and horror.
0: And let's try and dial it up where we take away the monsters and make them toys and it's small yeah. soldiers. There you go, problem solved. And it's like, yeah you did solve the problem yeah what was what was your what was your issue 80s
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean the 80s was a weird time in general where you had like the rambo and robocop cartoons and stuff like that reagan yeah (laughs) um yeah i as uh i i don't like multiverse of madness i have a lot of problems with that film but i must admit when i was watching it in the cinema and uh they uh spoilers for the first like 15 minutes uh they kill I know they don't call it Shuma Garath in the film because of uh, copyright issues, but mm. they kill Shuma Garath, um, the big Eldritch and, blob, yeah, monster. and the eyeball comes out with a. Yeah, um, yeah. I was like Sam Raimi, <laughs> I love you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it's, he knows what he's doing. Well, that's the thing. It's it's, but partly is like I'm going to push the envelope as much as I can for this particular audience, and I yeah. thought to myself, if I was a kid thinking I just really enjoyed Doctor Strange and Spider Man, I'm looking forward to being the next one. Maybe Deadpool turn up and all that nonsense. On the mm. internet and like. Nope, that's traumatized me. Yeah, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I can't. I just saw Captain <laughs> America. Cu- well, Captain Britain get cut in Yeah, I,
2: I, I, yeah, I do remember a lot of people. I. This probably Not shows how like messed whining. up my my, because it, as much as I don't watch, or didn't used to watch as much horror, like my my.
0: I don't get scared by horror. There it is. There it is. Um, For so context,
1: it Tim is currently wearing a necromancy t-shirt. That is true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He's wearing it. It's made of skin. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, the necronomad t-shirt. T- 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 yes. <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah, I, 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 I was watching that and I was just like giggling at all the horror stuff and yeah, being like, yeah, oh, exactly. great. Yeah, more, more, more. Um, and then I saw like on social media afterwards and people were like, mm, I don't I don't think this was very... Sick. I was so scared and I was like, Really? Really? When the eyeball came out with a <laughs> like that, like you were scared by that, and it's like, oh, I suppose there were bits in the. Oh yeah, he does, there- and there is dead. Oh yeah, and she does break t- Patrick Stewart's neck, and
0: she
1: does like bleed from her eyes. Yeah, yeah. The- yeah,
2: it's, it's the stuff, and stuff that, like-
0: that if you have that, and again, by the way, I'm not saying sterilize. That's the key point. I'm not yeah. saying sterilize. It. I think, as you say, let it be in there. Yeah, lean into your horror elements. That's good. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because. The person making it already has that um, uh, that tolerance. So, and I,
2: I think a lot of it, and to go back to marketing, yeah, yeah, is is people just going in assuming I know what Marvel films are like. Oh yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. I went in going like I know what Sam Raimi films are like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was Sam Raimi putting his scary jump scares in uh, uh, Oz oh, is Great and Powerful, and you're like, yeah, good help myself, could you? But yeah. then, to be fair, it's a witch, it's meant to be scary. Yeah. But then all they wanted to bring up briefly was a Save Ready Player One because. It's a scene that's not in the book, and also, fuck the book, Um <laughs> fuck Ernest Klein. Uh, the book doesn't have a Shining sequence, mm. but Spielberg loves The Shining, Yeah. so he recreates a lot of The Shining, Yeah. and it's not enough to have an eerie, naked woman stepping out of a bath and kissing Jack Nicholson, truly terrifying, mm. and then turn out that it's just an old woman who's naked and necrotic, and like, ah, mm. I was kissing a necrotic woman! Mm. It's now, she has to be evil and giggling and chasing him around and like, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> it's too much. And the version Spielberg made, The Shining, he couldn't do literally just The Shining, because that's been done in The Simpsons mm. 20 years prior. The Shining, The Shining, exactly. You've got to You want <laughs> to get sued. You want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. his version had to be more scary for a contemporary, uh, modern audience, mm. and it's still a 12A. So, again, it's the idea of, like, The Shining. Shining, I can't remember if it's an 18 or a 15. I think it might still be a 15. It's probably an 18. No idea. But the point, in the UK classification system, obviously. Mm. Still an R in America. 15 here in the UK. It's a 15, yeah, okay. Yep. But the point is, um, again, 15 is still a kid. Yeah. So you can get into that. I was 15, uh, just about, when I saw the Blair Witch Project in the cinema. mm fuck me right up because i live near a woods <laughs> <laughs> um but specifically it's just the idea of like yeah is that family friendly it's like no but you could show it to kids now it's like you mm, could i guess yeah
2: it's 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 matt it's, if 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 halfway through the blair witch project they'd have come across uh,
0: a set of stairs in the wood oh, would no, you have just no. got up and left the cinema <laughs> tim they came across just bits of woods and sticks in the woods <laughs> leave <laughs> don't like oh i better take some more footage oh i knocked one of them over you fucking clowns <laughs> i was I, I don't say stuff in the cinema i wanted to <laughs> um but yes there is the idea of like you know uh okay okay prime for example i don't know if you guys have seen the two cinematic 20 years apart versions of the haunted mansion mm. from disney i haven't seen neither one with um Eddie Murphy. Uh, Eddie Murphy, the other wing with, what well, to be fair, I fucked up people Tiffany Haddish and, and mm. um, Lakita Stanfield and all kinds of things. I remember seeing the trailer for the new Haunted Mansion and I thought to myself, hey, you have made another shit film. Because um, <laughs> I didn't really care for the first Haunted Mansion film. Haunted Mansion as a ride is not scary. Mm. It's a little, un- it's it's a classic ghost train shit. Like, oh, 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 mm-hmm. oh. But then it's got a song. It ain't fucking scary anymore. Yeah. Um, and- I mean, it's Disneyland. They're not going to fucking actually traumatizing yeah yeah exactly well in theory yeah uh, <laughs> and,
2: until you see fucking uh mickey mouse with his head off or something yeah. taking a smoke <laughs> break
0: yeah it's 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 when um, elastigirl's face falls off yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but basically the eddie murphy version felt like a disney channel film mm. basically it, it felt very colorful and silly and things and this one did as well and it's interesting to see how much p- was done as practical effects. And then you look at it and go, it still looks like shit because you covered it in crap CGI. <laughs> it like uh, the prequel to the thing, where it's like, mm. you had a great thing here and you fucked it. Yep. But anyway, the point is that a lot of the stuff in it looks genuinely scary. Like if you were to put, you take away the music, take away mm. the atmosphere, Crimson Peak mm. and the Haunted Mansion side by side and say like, right, which one of these is for children? Like, um... The Tom Hiddleston one? Wrong! (laughs) Wrong! Wrong! Wrong.
2: It's a gothic romance. It's not even a horror. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Thank you, Tim. Um, So subsequently, you end up with this, as we said about the threshold, the personal experience, the marketing, it's all factored into what will they take? What is tolerable? What would you... And it's all different, all subjective. Kids lie through their fucking teeth Mm. and say, like, oh yeah, I've seen this. I'm fine. Mm. Oh, um, you know oh, we're all having friends around we're gonna watch a scary film i'm talking about that in the 90s 80s context mm. i don't think that happens anymore i think it's now just like we have our phones yeah you see shit wherever you want to see shit yeah that's just how it works it's all fucking momo or whatever the fucking yeah internet spooky pastors exactly and then you got like i mean much like myself with with anime it's like oh horror anime great it's like oh no that's fine <laughs> but it's a cartoon so i'm sure it's fine yeah um and subsequent i mean i haven't even touched fucking anime. Um, Again, another realm of like, one could argue, uh, is, is Yu Gi Oh for kids? <laughs> I mean, yes, of course it is. Is Yu Gi Oh yeah. horror? Kind of.
1: Well, they get sent to the Shadow Realm, right, Matt? I mean, that's fucking weird. In the Japanese original, it's just death. Yeah. <laughs> the Shadow Realm is not called the Shadow Realm, it's hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's literal death. And that's what I mean. People it's- die in Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> and they were like, uh,. Uh, tsunami, uh fuck, uh send ch- to the shadow, shadow realm.
0: realm. <laughs> like, mm, yes. It's time to die. But specifically, um, yeah, that that weird censorship that with pushing of like things. And again, I mentioned that Satanic Panic earlier, and, and there were so many things like, no, 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 you can't have this, you can't have this. It's it's too much for you mm. to, you know, you're like, oh, race to which mountain? Mm. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> don't care. Whereas the eighties went too far the other direction. It's like, mm. why don't we just do traumatizing shit for kids? It's like, what do you mean? Well, you know, the first Ghost and Ghostbusters in the library. Mm, no.
2: And the, and the, the the interesting thing is that the discourse at that period, although they didn't call it that, was like, oh, the satanic panic. These satanists are trying to corrupt your children. It's like, yeah. no, it's fucking Hollywood studios. Just trying to sell shit, like the, no one's no one's trying to corrupt your kids, they're just trying to get to their pocket money yeah. um kids have no money, I never understand this they it's because they can pester their parents yeah
0: their I, parents know, who know, pay for stuff I know that the the the, the best oh, or there's an old phrase in marketing the best marketers are children mm. because they'll get what they want, yeah, yeah
2: um I think uh you you mentioned um another thing that's kind of interestingly crucial, although I have no experience of it there. Which is uh, Disney Channel original movies? Oh um, yeah, because there's a lot of those, and a lot of them, um, Herbie uh, Nazi Car. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, um, uh, but a lot of those are are they have like a whole subcategory of like spooky Halloween stuff. Like I, I know the kind of the most iconic one is Halloween Town, which is where I got my quote from for uh, yes. for the start. Um, but yeah, they they it's like a whole multiple like franchises that come out of that um again i didn't have the disney channel as a kid and mm. so never saw any of them i know i think they're i think they have a much bigger footprint in america
0: oh yeah, um, yeah. obviously um well i think it, it appealed to a certain type of kid as we said we'd you know mm. who that is the, the, the spooky kids yeah um and i grew up in area indiana that was a thing we had mm. over here but the British equivalent didn't... I mean, I remember a Thomas the Tank Engine episode where <laughs> there was a ghost, which was supposed to just Percy. Mm. We, we also Turn had... The, fuck me. We also had Round the Twist, though. Round the Twist from Australia, and yeah. you said Count Ducular as well. There was there, yeah. were, there were things here. There yeah. were things
2: everywhere. of like, Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite uh, cartoons, I guess. Yeah. Stop motion sure. uh, thing. Uh, the Trap Door. Trap mm, Door. Yeah, yeah I, I fucking door. loved that. And to to the extent of when I was... I'm going to guess, like, nineteen or twenty, mm-hmm. uh tracked it down on DVD and rewatched the whole thing. Oh, amazing. was <laughs> uh, still fucking amazing. Yeah. Um back when I had disposable income and wasn't paying rent. <laughs> uh um and uh yeah it
0: still holds up. Great. I mean I was raised, I was raised on folklore obviously. Stairs in the woods. Yeah. But and you know, no context for that
1: list no. if you don't know what Matt's I mean, talking about. My... Go back through four or five episodes, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah
0: probably yeah somewhere. Uh, some someone ran the comments. That's, that's a classic thing. <laughs> yeah. um, no, uh, there was a, um, I mean, my mum didn't know how to tell stories as a kid. We would have read like the Funny Bones. Fucking great books. Um, really enjoyed that stuff. Mm. And so that it, literally, if you read it in the wrong context, in the dark, dark house. Yeah. The, dark, <laughs> the dark, 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 stairs down the dark, dark yeah. yeah. But if you've read it, like, much it, more friendly. Yeah. Thing. But it's like. There's a bunch of skeletons in the basement. It's like, sorry, yeah. what? Some <laughs> skeletons lived. One's a fucking dog. It's like, <laughs> the dog's dead. It's like, and yeah. there's Woofy, the dog. It's like, oh, that's a yeah. very like, it's, time. it's very different. It's it's very different tone. Um, but my mother's stories were like, you know, oh, I'll read this, and then um, oh, and then she'd say, "Don't
1: open your eyes. This, this is, is a fairy thing. that
0: steals children's <laughs> teeth." Not fucking wrong. But it was more specifically, <laughs> there's a magpie on the cupboard. He's looking at you. And she put her hand on my I'm chest I'm
1: imagining your mum Half an inch from your ear just <laughs> 100% ASMR She's Freaking still, the fuck out She laughs
0: when she tells me this She's like <laughs> Yeah It was good um, <laughs> and so I said, said And he's gonna peck your eyes If you open your yeah. eyes So keep them closed And she put her little hands on uh, little, Small <laughs> a t- a <laughs> tiny claw like hands <laughs> My mum is like Five foot So uh, And a mom, raven Yeah But she uh, She put it on my chest Like He's going as well like, Up to your face and like, what you do, Mum? This explains yeah. a lot.
2: Cause it does. And I mean, <laughs> the this, trauma. This gets to the core of it. Really, is that Matt's freak? My, my <laughs> is that, is that Matt's traumatized. <laughs> um, but also, if you go back further into pop culture and 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 the stories that we tell each other, it goes back to fairy tales.
0: Boom. 100%. It goes,
2: it goes back to course, your Red Riding shit. Hoods and your Hansel and Gretels and stuff like that. And, and your it is
1: birds will peck out your eyes. You know, right over the fuck that one.
2: Yeah, we've always we've always had these stories that we tell to children yeah. that are spooky.
0: And there is like a single woman say, in the woods, and she's going to eat you. It's like, yeah, why? Because she's a single woman. Gross. <laughs> I don't need another fucking reason. Yeah, Just don't go near her. It's yeah, like, okay. Um, but a house is made of food, and you like food. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Damn it. These single women, they'll tempt you with treats, but don't believe them. Yeah. Burn them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, is that appropriate for me? Of course it's appropriate. To go to sleep. Yeah.
2: Um. And so, yeah, really, like, these are just an evolution of that with, yep. you know, colorful stuff, with, with more, more slime. Yep. Kids fucking adult. love slime. I work in retail. <laughs> They're all mad
0: for slime.
1: That is. Some things don't change in 30 years. Well, I almost... remember them partridge lines but also so so
0: correct (laughs) I work in retail and kids love slime (laughs) (laughs) again again, from the 90s slime and gunge fucking everywhere and Mm. you didn't know what it was yeah. It's always just a terrifying thing. like, this is, this is Do I ev- keep my mouth closed? <laughs> <laughs> this is the
2: this is the evolution in, in our you know when we grew up, slime was a thing that you saw on TV. Yes. Now kids they have the slime in their own home. Now yes. Yes. They make the slime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm
1: gonna
3: I'm
0: gonna leave this in oh, and let it hang.
1: <laughs> I make quite a lot of slime. On the TV. <laughs> Step into the gun, I Couldn't tank. resist.
0: That was your problem, Jack. That was always your problem. Yep. You couldn't resist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. We should probably talk about some of our uh, specific highlights. Yep. Probably should, yeah, probably. Because otherwise, I'm just going to keep talking about slime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the slime halftime show with Tim. It's
3: slime time, boys and girls.
1: Thanks, Tim. Slime time with Tim. After these ads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dive straight in with somebody we've talked about, hinted at, and is inescapable in this topic. Talk about some Tim Burton, shall we? Uh, I'm going to talk about the good, good boy that is Frank and Weenie. That adorable little monster dog that I think is Tim Burton's best film in a very, very long time. Interesting. What 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 would you think would be his other? No, good no, no. Film I'm not a 21st not... century <laughs> 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 fucking planet of the apes, Matthew. I think not. <laughs> We've covered Charlie. <laughs> and Charlie you're not <laughs> rich <laughs> from unequal sequel. You're not a maniac with terrible taste in films. No, no, I mean, he I mean, he genuinely defends that film. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, Rich. If you're listening, you're wrong. Yeah, you're objectively wrong. wrong. That film is terrible. It is terrible.
0: No, it's in the sense that Frank and Weed is one of those weird full circle things I'm sure you're going to mention. Um, but when it came out, it came out to limited fanfare. Yes. People watching the master instead. Sure. Seriously, I <laughs> I came out of a screening. Yeah, that's good two films have similar <laughs> audiences. Of, yeah, yeah, I yeah, came yeah, out yeah. of screen for Frank and Weenie and said, Yeah, it was alright. And I was thinking, like, the Master is amazing. So with like, Philip Hoffman. <laughs> he could have played a good Frank and Weenie. I mean, there's nothing that
1: Philip Seymour Hoffman couldn't have improved by being in. He every film is improved by the presence of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Even Frank and Weenie would have been improved. Yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, I'm not talking about The Master. But yeah, you're right, Matt. It was a weird thing. Uh, I didn't watch it at the time. I only watched it reasonably recently, like oh. on on streaming and stuff. And it's a film where, because I kind of burnt out on Tim Burton's stuff and just I've, I've never been a massive, massive fan of his stuff. Again, didn't particularly grow up on it. Only fairly recently got Nightmare on Before Christmas as a thing, thanks to my wife. I like, now that's a traditional thing that happens every year before Christmas. I think I think I'd seen it once when I was a kid and didn't remember much and that was it kind of thing. Whereas Frankenweenie I think is fucking delightful. It's it's a really funny cute little twist and and this is exactly what we're kind of saying right taking a familiar thing and doing a little twist on it. It's fucking pet cemetery. It's fucking Frankenstein. <laughs>
0: but it's cool like with the, but with a weenie. Exactly. Exactly. It's pet cemetery with a weenie. We don't say weenie in this country, so what well, we do now, effectively, but never did when I was growing up. I was like, "What? What is this? What is this wiener, weenie stuff?" I was like, "Oh, it's a it's a hot dog." It's like, what? I did always like growing up again.
1: Growing up, I was in my twenties when this film came out. <laughs> growing <laughs> came up, came, up we're, we're always growing. Came that's true. It came out in twenty twelve, and uh, yeah, Frank and Weenie confused me. Cause I was like, "What's the weenie part? <laughs> How does that factor in?" He's a fucking dog. Like, what's a weenie dog? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Even with, again, growing up a lot of American culture and stuff. And I find it fascinating that it kind of got a lot of middling reviews from a lot of the like snooty critic types. I've got a Guardian Mm. review, and of course, our boy, the late Roger Ebert, giving it a two thumbs, two stars review. That's out of four. So it's like two thumbs down. Yeah, essentially, two thumbs down.
0: No, I think that was his one thumb down. Two thumbs down, so people. It's very confusing. They translated just the stars on the yeah, website. Yeah, because they so. knew what they were talking about.
1: Yeah. But I think a, a lot of it is familiar Tim Burton territory because yeah. because of the way it looks. And obviously, it's, it's that style, that stop motion, black and white, spooky. Everybody's very stylized and caricaturized and all this kind of stuff. But you've got brilliant performances. I think there's some really, really great. Choices with the casting, like everybody from Martin Short to Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, like there's some really, really brilliant performances in there, and I just love the idea of doing this twist on the Frankenstein story on the kind of pet cemetery side of things, and bringing a dog back with the the, the monstrosity that it is, but him Science. being, yeah, him being super cute and 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 kind of fun, and. I was pleasantly surprised by it, basically. After being burnt out on Tim Burton for so long and revisiting this in my late 20s, being like, oh, I'm not
0: the fucking target audience for this. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a black and white movie for kids. That's yeah. a weird... That's a, that's a hard... I have actual influence at the studio. No one would ever get you to sign off on that shit. Um, out of curiosity then, Jack, if you don't mind my asking, because um, this is a 2012, Frank and Weenie, and I don't know if the listeners know this necessarily, but Frank and Weenie was also a 1984 short film by yes. thing. Have you seen that? I've not seen the short. Because no. the short is live action. Yes. And it's just a I can't remember the name of the dog, but the one with the the rascals looking motherfucker with a, <laughs> a pit bull terrier sort of yeah, thing. Was yeah, it? yeah. But it's like, you know, sweet. Um and it's also in black and white. It's like it's like half an hour long. Cost a million dollars in the eighties, which is like, well, like oh, it's a fat, like a homemade thing. No, it ain't. No, it's a period film in the fifties, and it's the same sort of thing basically. um But it's also what get, what got Burton fired from Disney because we're talking about the eighties, right? Going different things, like, and they went. You spent a million dollars on this. Get the fuck out. <laughs> we'll keep that nightmare I'm I'm and <laughs> nightmare before Christmas idea you've got, but we're not making you do it. Yeah, get out. Uh, but it's interesting because the. It, it's clear. I mean, there's there's an animated thing as well, which was um, Vincent. I think his name is. is it, I mean, not oh, Victor. I think it's Vincent, and it's a little boy, mopey little boy who is called Vincent after Vincent Price or something mm, like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just classic Burton being Burton. But this is one of those weird things. I always knew about Frank and Weenie. I think it might been a um, an extra on a DVD somewhere where it's like, oh, here you go. It's one of Burton's like his Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, *Nightmare on Elm Street*. *A Nightmare Before Christmas*. Um. And by the way, here's Frankenweenie. Why do I want to see this? And it's just one of those weird things he did. A little short film. Like, okay, fair enough. Thank you. A little extra, I'll have that. Um, but it's interesting how it's like, oh yeah, it's the 80s, much like Back to the Future, looking back at the 50s. And then looking back at things like you yeah. know, the, the classic Universal Monsters, we talk about the rise of that. And he's just done it again in 2012, but properly in full length. And I think it works quite well because of that. I personally think it's fine. But that's because, again, I'd seen the original, that sort of thing. But yeah, I, yeah but it's it, it, sorry, you were saying about the you know the re- the reception of it all and how it was.
1: It's yeah, a, it's it, a weird
0: one. It kind of got
1: mixed with you. So going over to our good pals at Rotten Tomatoes, the only correct and objective uh, measurement of film quality. Speaking of science, exactly. Speaking of pure science, from 224 reviews, it has an 88 percent fresh rating. So I think it's a good example of Rotten Tomatoes. That, that score on the tomatometer actually giving us a good idea, because don't forget, this is the three out of five, six out of ten, it's good, but it's not great kind of film. Yeah. And I think Frank and Weenie is a perfect example of that. I can imagine a lot of people, and from the reviews I've been checking, a lot of people did give it that three out of five, that oh, it's a six or a seven kind of thing. And maybe it's because I came to it knowing that, again, it's a Tim Burton film from later in his career, from more recently in his career and me being so burnt out on so much of his shit, specifically with one Mr. Depp who we've covered many times mm, on this show before. Yeah. Again, this is post Alice in Wonderland and, and all that kind of shit and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory we tackled last season. So it was nice for me to have like, oh, it doesn't have Johnny Depp doing his quirky bullshit. It doesn't have Helena Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp being like the two main quirky, oh, they're... Victorian weirdos now, or whatever this feels like, a we like you were saying, Matt, a weird throwback to the 80s in many ways. That it feels like Burton is almost doing that and going to his pre uh, for a better phrase like sell out phase where it was just, <laughs> Oh, Johnny Depp is just the lead, and everything I do and everything feels kind of the same. And I haven't done anything interesting in 20 years. Mm-hmm. This was the first thing to me that it- Burton had done in years and years and years. And I was like, Oh, I actually enjoyed that, that was, it was, just- that was
2: pretty good. If I'm remembering correctly, it was his first thing in a while that wasn't an adaptation as well, mm. um, which I think is... Well, it's kind of Frankenstein. I mean, it's kind of... Yeah, obviously, <laughs> it's wearing its its influences <laughs> on its sleeve, but mm. equally, like, for so long, he did just, just adaptations also, and remakes and stuff.
0: And it's also a thing... And it's an adaptation of what he did, but it's also his. And I think yeah. it's that classic, Like, I have power now. I'm going to tell Disney to fuck off because... There's now absolutely an audience for this. I was right all along. Yeah. Vindication. I'm going to make a movie with them. Vindication. And the problem is with doing that, only those people turn up. Yeah. <laughs> so you end up going, oh, how much money did it make? How much did it make? Did it make actually? Uh, I've got that up. Bear oh. with me, because I feel like it was like probably. <laughs> yeah.
1: Correct. Uh, there we go. Uh, so it's about a forty million dollar uh, budget, which again not crazy cheap not crazy expensive for an animated film that's not crazy but only 85 million at the box office yeah. for a kids movie you want to be doing a lot more than that a, a kind of Disney side of things they like to make a lot of money from these things because they're Disney Yeah, but yeah it was kind of a, a middle of the road in terms of reviews like I said that I think that Rotten Tomato score says a lot about some people giving it that middle of the road review and the box office reflects that as well a lot of kids were like, oh, yeah, cool. Weirdly enough, I think it works for somebody. As, as I said, I was in my late 20s, early 30s at that point, watching it a few years ago, where I'm like, oh, I remember when I liked like this kind of stuff mm. back in the day. And weirdly, it works as a kind of callback to something from 20 or 30 years ago, maybe better than it did to actual kids who were watching it in 2012. So maybe you know, the appeal there was not actually to kids. It almost felt like a nostalgic pop towards the yeah. older audience and it kind of...
0: I don't think that's necessarily also a case of how it was presented story-wise or the characters because it's got that Burton mopiness, but we yeah. know that connects people. It's, I, I don't know, I get it because I get the aesthetic. It's because it's black and white. Mm. Think That puts kids off. It didn't put Burton off when he was a kid or when he was like, you know, in the 80s doing that film because like, yeah, because you still had black and white was still within living memory a regular like you know being color was a novelty effectively like only 30 years prior that major blockbusters were starting to appear in color i mean for the equivalent audience now if you're saying you know the 90s oh actually there you go cgi yeah with the the equivalent so it's like saying there's none of this like that doesn't make any sense so yeah it's it's a bit of a it, it it already keeps the audience at arm's length yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, uh, Matt, I'll bounce to
1: you for your first pick.
0: Okay, um, my two are, I mean, chronologically, and they're very autobiographical. It's like, yeah, these two are very semi-important to me, even though they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is 1993's Hocus Pocus.
3: Uh,
1: I was the not, sexual awakening of Matthew's. Novel. I mean, one of them a little bit.
0: I was. I was nine when that film came out. And as Tim mentioned before, that uh, eerie Indiana, Omri Katz was the lead role in that. And it's it, it, like a slightly older version of Omri Katz was in, in Hocus Pocus. And I loved the idea of this New England town, you know, because again, nine years old, you sort of start sowing the seeds of what you think you're going to enjoy as horror because Maine and all that sort of area, that North, North England, uh, sorry, North England, that New England sort of area is where you get like, Lovecraft yeah, and Steam Steam King, King. Steam country. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you get all this sort of like influences you don't know are influencing you in a way. Yeah, um, In the same way that people are like, oh, I like all this, you know, Victorian, gothic horrors. Mm. Yeah, th- there's a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, this part of London doesn't really exist, you know, anymore at least. So subsequently, I saw Hocus Pocus and it was like the whole like idea that the entire town gets you know, dressed up for Halloween things for kids, things for adults. It's cool and it's spooky and weird. The witch stuff at the start felt fucking terrifying mm-hmm. in the sense that it's a little... I think if I remember correctly, the kid is dubbed. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a little kid and his uh, sister is kidnapped by a witch, Sarah Jessica Parker. And then they literally kill her. Uh, and then they try to kill the boy but turn him into a cat instead. Uh, and then they're hung. They are fucking hanged. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 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 are they hung or are they hanged? They're not paintings. They're hanged. Um, sorry. <laughs> but yes, they are. They're, they're hanged. And it's the whole, like something the devil took to, t- and there's songs in it. Um, you know, a cover of I Put a Spell on You. It's just fucking great. It's got the it's right. It's pretty iconic. Like, it's got, yeah. yeah. And Bette Miller's hilarious. Catherine Dermot hilarious. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is very, very funny in that role. She's mm. really good. No, um, <laughs> no, no, she's genuinely. <laughs> oh dear, no, 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 she's genuinely that suits her so well because it's so atypical uh, uh, for what she would be as a character for the rest of her career, yeah. And so, and, she- and from where she came from, of doing stuff like Footloose and stuff like exactly. that, exactly. She plays a ditz really well, um, it, it, but like cartoon level dumb, um, and yeah, it's just. But then also, there's enough heart in it and and silly nonsense. You don't really care about the you know the the, um, the, the main relationship mm. between the two central characters. So like eh, this feels like older kid shit. Mm-hmm. I'm more relating to Thora Birch's character being like. Although fuck me, that that film is weirdly horny. <laughs> yabos. Never heard tits being called yabos, but sure, fine. <laughs> uh. The word virgin being said so many times that I'm like, I don't think virgin means young. I don't know what's going on. Mm. But I mean, being Catholic, you, I know what the Virgin Mary was. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what that word means. But it's the whole like, um, you know, the scene where they go up to a, this cop and say, oh, the virgin at the Black Famed Canal. It's like, you're really a virgin? It's like, yeah, I'll get tattooed tattoo on my forehead. It's like, yeah, this is a kid. Why are you like worried that he hasn't <laughs> fucked anybody? It's weird. In a, in a family movie, it's kind of strange. But it was one of those like, And and the fact that it's Disney, it's pushing that envelope as much as it can without going too far, but absolutely getting complaints along the way, but it's before the internet age of, you know, my God, the children can't say this. Um, But it was brilliantly done. There's the stop motion stuff. uh, There's the puppetry. There's... Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Doug Jones being being fucking brilliant. Amazing. Uh, Practical effects, CGI effects. I think it's a fantastic introduction to creepy shit that goes... What the haunted mansion has always been trying to do, just be really horny, so (laughs) horny. No, no, it'd be just being unset. (laughs) Yeah, coming downstairs and like, oh, you shouldn't uh, talk to the mask like that. It's like, stop dancing with the devil in the in the living room with your skirt hoiked up. And it's like, what? What is this (laughs) film? Um, I see a cat get run over, one of the most traumatizing fucking things, and then the cat reinflates, and I'm like, huh? (laughs) Um. Oh, yeah, because it's the horny bus driver. Bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. It's like, (laughs) oh, what are you doing, mate? Anyway, the point is... Oh, yes, and also, We Desire Children. It might take me a few attempts, but I'll get you there. I don't think I understood that reference as a kid. (laughs) But um, what I'm trying to get to is the fact that, uh, again, it's, it's, it's that level of eerie and spooky and silly, but also very campy and very funny and... Um, I still maintain it's 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 also nineties as shit. Mm. Uh, we talked about ice briefly in the school bullies in the bully Mm -hmm. episode, and the idea of like you know, I'm gonna leave these kids to die. Yeah, (laughs) what the fuck? Um, so I have a lot of positive memories. Uh, have you guys seen the sequel? No, I recently watched it. Yeah, yeah, did not care for that. Same. There's some moments I don't mind. I think the just the three central performances it's just like slipping onto old shoes it's like they're fantastic it's like bang straight back into it but something doesn't fit something doesn't feel right it just feels very off and i talk about that level of like oh it's that you know that perfect chemistry and that perfect balance of things it's missing here something feels just completely off kilter um and the fact that We talk about like you know when we do our pitch our sequel sort of things like oh I'm going to release this in 1997 four years later that'll be the perfect time for it I'm going to release it in 2023 30 years later as a perfect time for it both could be correct but there are examples of when that doesn't doesn't work it's too soon it doesn't work out and blah 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 Um, and then you have other films um, like the 2020 film Vampires versus the Bronx um, which if you haven't seen it. It's actually genuinely not bad. It's got that same vibe, that same hocus pocus level of not as horny, um, but it's got that same vibe of kids versus the supernatural, but not being taken seriously by adults, a little Goonies kind of, you know, level of stuff. Um, And it taps into the zeitgeist and the moment now without feeling too much like this is really out of touch. Adults writing what they think kids like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But yeah, would you like to guess
1: the Hocus Pocus versus Hocus Pocus two Rotten Tomatoes scores? Oh,
0: okay. I'm I'm gonna say Hocus Pocus probably has very bad, like shitty, standing on on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. I'm gonna say fifty five. Okay. What about Hocus Pocus two? I think people are gonna be very angry. I'm gonna say twenty five.
1: You are round the wrong way. Hocus Pocus 2 has a higher score than Hocus Pocus 1 on Rotten Tomatoes. For the critics, for the audience, it's the correct way around. (laughs) What the fuck? Right? 40% for the first one from the critics. whoa! With a 71% audience score, which I think is way more reasonable. Yep, that sounds about right. And then Hocus Pocus 2 is 65%. No. And a 48%. No. Score, which oh, I, God. which i think makes a lot more sense fuck off what i i saw it when i was look we just had a breaklessness mm-hmm. um and i was looking at rotten tomatoes for some of the films we were talk about i was like oh i need to talk about this this is mental this is another one that will upset matt no i'm, I'm genuinely percent for the first hocus pocus that's not like, right how is that not a three out of five
0: you know 100 like, percent.
1: yeah that's he, mad.
0: I, I I could see it being like, oh, you liked it because you were the age. You, again, I was nine when I saw the fucking thing. Of course I love it, and that's fair enough. But it's still one of those real time capsule films that kind of holds up, in my opinion, except for The Horniness, which is just so weirdly out of place. <laughs> um, but uh, that's that's kind of thrown me the fuck off. That's that's really... Yeah, that's, that's madness. That's upset me a little bit. A review
1: from... Siskel, not Ebert this time. Well, yeah. Uh, that says from 2015. I think it's not actually from 2015, but 2015. one word, dreadful. One out of four from Gene says.
0: Fuck off. <laughs> what a hateful little bastard. <laughs> hey, Gene, if you're listening. Fuck you, Gene. <laughs> Good Lord.
1: Yeah, off, people Gene. really, really don't like Hoku. I thought I had kind of assumed... Everyone just kind of enjoys Hocus Pocus, but yeah, this, this blew my mind. Well, like,
0: like when most things come around, like actual voting, people realise people are dickheads. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So you end up going, like, oh, do you have a preferential flavour of whatever? Yeah, almond and mint. Like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get the fuck out of my face, you weirdo. Ugh. Vanilla is the best-selling milkshake. Get the fuck in the bin. Oh, J- Tim, what you, what's your fucking film? <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <laughs> You're welcome. Man.
2: Um, I'm going to go with uh, something something spooky, uh, of course. Uh, something animated. Oh, Something stop-motion animated. Oh. But perhaps not the one that people immediately think of. Yeah, Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously.
2: Um, Coraline. Oh, great oh, film. Coraline. Uh, Henry Selleck, uh, master animator. The first Laika film. Their yep.
0: first uh, feature release. Their first failure. <laughs> Every like a film has been a failure. If you look at one metric of being numbers, like the box office. But well,
2: this this did reasonably well. It did. It did. a One hundred and twenty million on a sixty million budget.
0: Yeah. So again, it's, we said about like, the Frank and Weenie thing. It's like yeah. that's not enough. But it's not. It's yeah. That being but said, that's it's it's like
2: the third most successful. Or at the time, it was the third most successful stop motion animated film of all time.
0: Weird. Yeah, that's um, actually quite interesting. But yeah. then again, as we always point out, I know we need, don't need to say this. Lycar is genius. I'm yes. so grateful Lycar is around. So, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, and it, it does almost feel like a passing of the torch in certain certain ways, where you have Henry Selick, who had obviously previously done Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, James and the Giant Peach, directing this with this studio, which has then gone on to do so many amazing stop-motion animated films. Um, I was a, a big uh, Neil Gaiman fan in my youth, and I remember reading yep. the Coraline book, um, and I was very excited when I saw that this was coming out and that it was getting stop-motion animated because I thought that was a very clever way of adapting it and to get that sinister, unsettling tone yeah. um, that's so good uh in Coraline and the you know the just the there's things that you can do I think in kids horror and these spooky films that in some ways are so they that I think that we have kind of started revisiting in modern horror with stuff like the Babadook and stuff like that Mm -hmm. where it does key into those childhood fears and
1: you mentioned the fairy tales on the first yeah
2: half yeah the, and it's the, got the, that vibe it's right? got the fairy tale vibe and that just kind of weird use of sort of iconography and stuff and obviously the, the button eyes in Coraline is so sinister and so but so childlike because it's going
0: back to mm-hmm. dolls and you know those kind of things in a way that if you saw it in live action it would be probably too terrifying yes
2: <laughs> yes that is the other thing is that yeah it, it makes sense because Having it be stop motion animated gives it that little bit more distance. Um, and um, I think it's 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 a f- got terrific voice performances in it. Uh, Keith David as the cat, oh, I is love Keith so David. good. Terry Hatcher as as mother, the mother and the other mother, yeah. is terrific. Uh, in this film, um, and Dakota Fanning as as Coraline is is great. Um, and just a, a gorgeous gorgeous-looking film. I remember it was it was during the 3D boom, um, or the second 3D boom, I guess, um, and I went to see it in the cinema with my dad because he's uh, a big stop-motion animation fan, um, and just certain sequences in it just being utterly blown away at the complexity of it uh, and the, the scale that they were working on, and obviously Leica has only gone on to do more and more impressive things using that Nike money. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, and, and yeah, I think Coraline is, it, it, it perfectly captures that, you know, it does, it feels very Stephen King for kids um in that it's got that kind of, oh, there's this other world. It's kind of a, it's a little bit of an isekai. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um that things are just off and you know it's it's and it's dealing with like it's capturing a lot of different spooky things in a single uh in a single story you know there's ghosts and there's the other mother um and yeah just a terrific and obviously i was Significantly older than the target audience when I saw this, um, but uh and I I have no idea how kids reacted to it. I presume, hopefully, with the correct level of like, oh, it's creepy, but oh, I like it, and it, you know, everything
0: ends up all right in the end. It's it's full on classic cult thing of mm. semi indifference to start with because I don't know what it is. It's like Paranorman as well that came out. it's like, yeah, this don't know, don't know about it. Yeah, and then they watch when oh, mm, don't know. But then it's like this is cool. Yes, it's one of those actually. It's aiming at younger people, but it's geared for older people.
2: Yeah, I, th- I, it's very much one of those films where you can imagine a lot of parents going, "You should watch this. You'll enjoy it." Uh, and and the kids because it isn't un. It's it's not. It's not Pixar. It's not, and it's stop motion animated, which is not the 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 current popular thing. Um, it it does feel a little bit like. the 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 kids cinema equivalent of eating your vegetables,
0: Um, yeah, because you've got the level of like, and obviously for certain kids it's like that's my thing, yeah, but it's like the idea of if you think about certain age groups and demographics, it's like right, what have you just watched? What's your film you've just been watching over and over again? Minions, yeah, I think now watch Coraline. It's such a different, and that sounds condescending because there's nothing wrong with liking schlock, yeah, and liking blockbusters. It's just the fact that when you go, oh, I really enjoyed this drama, try this drama. There's sometimes a huge and, and chasm between them. The thing with, especially with these kind of
2: family-friendly Halloween stuff, is that so much of kids' cinema is about bombarding them with experience and sensation and light and colour and noise. Mm-hmm. And like, here's the minions, here they're doing the thing. Like, oh, you know, look, at big musical number, blah, 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 blah. There's no they, fart jokes in Coraline. Yeah, they babble away and all this kind of stuff. With horror, you have to control your tone much more deliberately and you can't just throw stuff at the audience and just be like look more and more i mean you know you could argue that certain horror does that especially horror comedy you know evil dead kind of just goes like here's here's everything deal with it yeah um but it still has the the temperance at times yes yeah you've got to be able to slow down and so you know and i think that's all of our choices across the 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 different things you can look at and go like yeah there are moments where they take a deliberate beat yeah um
0: i'd say softening the edges
2: yeah and uh yeah i think you know Coraline, just a, a terrifically spooky
0: modern uh yeah uh kids film i think uh, Coraline is one of those very interesting examples different to frank and winnie different to hocus pocus which feels very much geared to Uh, single digit kids who think this is what teenagers are doing and watching. And then teenagers are like, nah, I'm trying to watch The Exorcist or something Mm. and pretend I'm brave and strong even though I'm fucking terrified. Coraline's that really strange slither in between them where it's like that transitional period from Mm. I don't want a kids film but I don't want a full flung fucking Mm. horror film. It's the, the the if you talk about the training wheels it's the wobbly first i've taken the training wheels off yeah yeah, but i'm not fully on my own
2: and i almost guarantee if you
0: go you go
2: onto tiktok now Mm. uh or whatever there there will be people who are like i have this weird memory of this film i watched as a kid where the mum had button eyes Mm. has anyone else
0: seen this like oh dude they they have people doing like literally right now we didn't have a couple days i saw this um people doing they often do like you know um Makeup stuff mm. to like, oh, I look like Hades. It's, it's most stunning film level makeup yeah. stuff they've done. Tons of button eye things. So. Yeah. yeah. Because it's the whole like, it came out when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm, you know, Gen Z of a certain age. Mm. I kind of got into it later when I was in my 20s yeah. and I've now fallen in love with it. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. It's very much a film that if you watch it at the right age, I think it would stick with you and it would lodge itself in your subconscious and you would just at, at certain points be like, oh, yeah, remember that film? That was great. Um, in yeah, in a, in a, in a very crucial way that kind of horror is very good at.
0: Horror finds its people.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: Jack, second pick.
0: I am actually going back to my childhood.
1: This is one I watched as a kid. Oh. And I'm going back to the 90s. Oh. It's a film we've actually touched on a couple of times before. We've kind of skirted around, and mentioned a love of specifically the sequel which is not something we do very often on this show. That's true. I want to talk about The Addams Family, and even better, Addams Family values from 1991 and 1993, respectively. Because these films are fucking hilarious and ridiculous and stupid. And the fact that we had a recent Wednesday TV show Mm. just blows my mind that The Addams (laughs) Family is still living on. We had the, I think it was 2018, 2019 animated version as well. Yeah, yep. And... I find it so interesting, you know, 30 plus years later and then I'm not even talk about the originals from the 60s, obviously, because again, 90s is the 60s. Everything's time is a flat circle, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Comic, TV, film. Exactly. TV. <laughs> Animated film, TV. Yeah. Streaming. Yeah. Uh, and video games. And video games. But yeah, Adam's Family Values, I think, is one of the few examples where the sequel is even better than the original. It's... The addition of Joan Cusack alone <laughs> as Debbie, the serial killer, is fucking brilliant. She's so good in that She's film. brilliant and, and really is kind of like the highlight for me. Even, you know, standing next to Chris Floyd and Christina Ricci and Angelica Houston and the, the last film of Raul Julia's uh, career as well. Mm-hmm. Like, a fantastic cast. And I think something that does... Something we've not hugely talked about, weirdly enough, but something a lot of... You mentioned the Treehouse of Horror stuff earlier, Matt, from The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. There's something Simpsons is infamous for and a lot of like the Cartoon Network, Adult Swim animated stuff is famous for on TV, is being able to play to both kids and adults with jokes that would go over some kids' heads. But then actually when the parents are sitting down and watching Mm -hmm. it, oh, that's one we can all watch as a family because I'll get something out of it. And the kids will also get something out of it as well. I think Adam's family and the Adam's family values are brilliant at having that balance of oh, that was a bit, that was a bit close, that was a bit raunchy or or a bit like adult flavoured, and then having stuff that is really relatable, like when they go to the camp and just them dealing with the American summer camp thing, (laughs) because to me the whole American summer camp thing is such an alien concept, and that was pretty much my introduction to it, because bear in mind I didn't watch this when it came out, I was three years old, but I, I probably watched it a few years later on TV or on VHS or whatever mm. it was in, in the mid to late 90s and having this whole thing of like this seems fucking weird and I'm relating to to the Adams here, to yeah. Wednesday and Pugsley, like this is so weird to me having this other like super clean cut happy America thing and me being this miserable teenager mm-hmm. later on in life, obviously being, being very British and not Still not having been to America, not really experiencing much of that culture outside of what I experienced through media. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Adams on this. They're, these people are fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's,
0: it's, it's the natural othering. And it's like, just like when you feel like you don't belong and you're ostracized, but at the same time, and this is the thing about the Adams family I've always fucking loved, in any of its iterations, even the, I don't care for the fucking animated films, they're really, really bad. The recent animated one is yeah, rubbish. they're yeah. terrible. But... They still have the same core values of like, we're a bit weird, we're a bit different, but we're really genuinely love each other. Yeah. I, I that that aspect of me is always weirdos find weirdos. Yes. And as a weirdo who found a weirdo, <laughs> I'm always like, fuck yeah. Yeah. It it's weird how like I never really thought about it
1: as a as a kid, obviously being a kid but how many people now, especially of our generation, especially us being the weirdos that we are, um, Mm -hmm, the fact that Morticia and Gomez are like relationship goals. Yeah. And they are this weird, like incredibly nice, loving couple that are portrayed as these weird gothic freaks and like creepiness. But like they adore each other. They are like a brilliant, like dynamic of the two of them. Besotted. Exactly. Exactly. And you see especially, again, coming from American media in the 90s and stuff, you see, like, The Simpsons, and eventually, speaking of my socks that we talked about in the break, Family Guy. I'm wearing Family Guy socks for some reason. Like, yeah. I, I've just come back from holiday. Everything's in the wash. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. And uh, there's this whole, like, oh, there's the the arsehole husband and the, and the wife that puts up with and She's really naggy and blah, 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 blah. Mm. The Flintstones. The Flintstones, exactly, yeah. It was so nice to see... A couple that really care about each other really care about their kids seem to actually still love each other after years and years together yeah. and all this kind of stuff it's weirdly refreshing especially in the context of them being these dark creepy weird or oh, they live off in the spooky house and they're not part of like the main society and stuff like they're, they're the most level-headed ones and that's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. the whole premise right is that as fucked up and weird as fester is and him dealing with debbie's multiple murder attempts and blowing up the fucking house and all kinds of stuff mm. they're the they are the normal ones in this yeah. in this weird fucked up world and i think that's why partly why it works so well is you make these characters so funny and so weird but also so relatable and uh, is one of those films where i don't really understand how they managed to make it work so well because it is juggling so many different things and so many different plates and so many different tones they managed to blend the humour and the comedy and the weirdness and the gothicness all perfectly balanced. And it is one of the few times for me where that has really been nailed in live action where you get all of that stuff really gelling together perfectly. And I think Adam's Family Values really stands up as like a brilliant example of the horror comedy, again, being even funnier than the first one, in my opinion, because I think the first one kind of leans very much on its origins and nostalgia are going back to the 60s and Mm -hmm. being closer to the original and then adam's family values feels like it kind of breaks out of that shell a little bit and is able to explore more of the weird macabre comedy shit of the that they can do in the sequel well it feels
0: interesting because of the fact that the adam's family the first film you're absolutely right is a family unit film and it's just you know the introduction to everybody uh, this is going to be a weird comparison. Uh-oh. It's Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, where you get in the first uh, Raimi Spider-Man film with Toby Maguire, it's like, yes, it works well. It sets all the stuff mm. up. But Spider-Man 2 is where you tell the actual story. Mm. And the, Adam's family values, you get the chance that the character is so strong. It's not just about, it's the first time you see Fester being Fester rather mm. than pretending I'm to actually, be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm pretending I'm a mother. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to. You know, so it's that level of like, no, it's them as a unit now. But mm. also, completely split them apart. Yes, it's splits, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's two, arguably three stories in yes. one. You've got the the thread of... Um, the kids at camp. The kids at camp, because the child actors are older now, and Christina Ricci is a thing. Mm, and yep. so subsequently, she's able to carry so much. She wasn't the first one, but they leaned into it, obviously. You've also got the story of Gomez and Morticia's kid, the the new child, sorry. Hubert. Hubert. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of um, the same story again with Gomez and Festa being like brothers torn apart. Mm. And you're like we're doing the story again. They are mm. just back together again. It's like that's why it's so tragic. It's like oh, fair point. <laughs> that's like, called
1: brothers, right? <laughs> man. Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> um, but one thing the Adams Family values that is surprisingly relatable is that watching it, you may go, "I'm a weirdo. I like this stuff. I feel like I'm in the Adams Family. I know I right. mm. No you're David Krumholtz's character. <laughs> you're the guy who's like, wants to be Wednesday's girlfriend, but she's not into it. And by the end, he's like, well, we all miss you very much. <laughs> and then, you know, the hand reads up the greys and he's freaking out. It's like, yeah, the things you do to try and <laughs> get with a cool goth chick. his um, like, little mustache. Exactly. Uh, mm. <laughs> 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 that cut a bit too deep there, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, it, it, it was the... It, yeah, it's, it's very much a sense of, you know, I want to be part of this cool world, get involved in it. But it's like, yeah, but you're not, are you? You're not really. I mean, let's face it. I guess Supernatural, I don't know what their whole deal is. <laughs> They're not exactly. It's for like monsters. They're perfectly yeah. normal. Yeah. No, they don't want to be normal. That's the, that's the thing, Tim. That's the message. But Crumholtz is like, I'm also a weirdo. I'm also ostracized. I guess I'll be part of your stuff. It's like, yeah, I- I'm going to make a weird reference here. That are, my, my wife about this this morning Hellraiser <laughs> Hellraiser is the prime example of a very vanilla uh, individual in a relationship who's like yeah I have pretty adventurous sex another person's saying right how are you with knife play and it's like <laughs> I don't know what that means it's like You're, mm. <laughs> I've got a piercing on my penis really? Yeah, it's a fork no <laughs> no no no. you'll get there eventually no um, and so that's the, the split between the two. But no, Adam's Family Values, I think, is because Debbie is one of those people. Yeah, she's yeah. just a bit of an asshole as well. Yeah, she's just
2: pastel toned rather than uh, <laughs> yes. monochrome. Exactly. Yeah, precisely. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. But yeah,
1: go and check out Adam's Family Value, folks. I highly recommend it. Even thirty years on, I think it still holds up really, really I well. I think so. Yeah, Matt, back round to you for your second pick,
0: Christina Ricci. Segway. <laughs> um. 1995, two years after Hocus Pocus. So I wanted something less colourful, but still quite playful and childish, but also at the same time, a bit more of a you know, a slightly pre-teeny mat. Mm. Casper. And you no, like, oh, Casper's a kid film. It's like, yeah. No. <laughs> you drop all that colour. And Casper is one of those movies that I still really enjoy because it's a weird thing to be up first and foremost. The score is Fantastic. The score is so strong um, that you get this playful, whimsical tones, but then this really maudlin thing of like, this is a dead boy. <laughs> like, what? He's like, yeah, he's going to tell um, this, this teenage girl that he's fallen for, Christine Ricci, mm. he's going to tell her how he died. Mm. He went out in the woods and played, and then it was too cold, and he came back, and his father couldn't. It's like, this is fucking traumatizing. It <laughs> was a dead boy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck did you think this was? And it's like, and it's traumatizing. The ghost fuck. of Richie Rich. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And his traumatizing fucking uncles. But also at the time, it was again two years after Jurassic Park, CGI starting to become a big fucking thing. Mm. And it's the first. Hang on, the word the phrasing is always one that I get the first uh live action CGI eponymous titular character. Right. The idea yes. is that Casper is a full live action yes. uh, CGI right. character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're like, Oh, it's like, the, the, like we we're doing the whole film is an animated thing, but it's CGI. And again, it's that classic '90s thing of like s- tons of practical effects and then a smattering of visual effects. Really impressive digital stuff mm. working perfectly in harmony. And Bill Pullman's just this ridiculous <laughs> floppy-haired dad. He's not the president yet. Love Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman's great. Um, I think the uncles are the right level of stupid. Yeah, mm. some great voice acting there. Uh, Eric Idle's being silly. Um, mm. Kathy Moriarty's is also being very ridiculous, over the top, and it's, it's, it's just has the right level of camp with an eeriness to the whole thing about mm. a dead boy. Yeah. Um. But the fact is that yeah, it, it, it's it's a, a real Halloween special, as it were, cartoon yeah. mix. It's not really gonna. Yeah. It's it's the kind of thing that teenagers say it's for kids. Yeah. And then five, ten years later, was there twenty? I was going actually, I really like the film. Yeah, yeah. He said doing the exact same thing. Um. <laughs> And I remember the, the, the Casper game on PS1. There was like <laughs> toys and cereal boxes. because that was like, mm. you know, classic of the era. Merchandise the fuck out of it. Um, and it was all shite, obviously. <laughs> but you kind of wanted it because of the, 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 the spooky tone. And this is based on a Flintstones-style cartoon because it also had the live-action Flintstones as well. Yeah. Was going for that nostalgia. Yeah. But this felt like it held its own. Also, for a kid, blew my fucking mind that it had a cameo um, from Dan Aykroyd as <laughs> Ray I'm like, oh, 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 but it's in the same universe yeah. that's when you start getting that stupid shit yeah. that when you become a 30, 40 year old filmmaker and go, I can do this in film, yeah. you know, and then we get to fucking shared universe nonsense we get now yeah. um, and saying, you know, certain films are sequels and other films because the president's played by <laughs> a single person an absolute crazy person yeah. would say I, that. I, I, for those who are listening who did that? I don't know no idea no, no not one of our fucking vips anyway the point is that um it it had the right level of of i think that's the thing for me with regards to uh the nature of a family friendly halloween thing Mm. it doesn't have to be in these things like witches and ghosts which Mm. is what i've picked and like well that feels appropriate you can still have something that has the vibe i think that's the key word the vibe because you can Mm. rank up and dial up a lot of the stuff in casper to make it eerie and unsettling and weird. Mm. But again, you have the tones of the jump scares aren't that scary. The yeah. ghosts aren't that scary. Mm. It's not doing what Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Answer the Call and Ghostbusters Afterlife <laughs> were doing where it's like, I'm going to try and scare you. Mm. It's like, no, but you're going to try and film it. It's, you know, it's got Mel Gibson and That's creepy. Um, in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It's, it's a point where Bill Pollan gets possessed and he's, he's again, cameos. Mm-hmm. It's, his face turns into uh Clint Eastwood, Rodney Dangerfield, and Mel Gibson. Yeah, what a <laughs> weird fucking mix. <laughs> <laughs> strange thing. But again, this is when the, the nature of the. I just want to say about that family. It's weird to
2: think that of the three, Rodney Dangerfield is probably the most wholesome it's now. The least <laughs> problematic. Seriously. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's that is very strange. Well, my ex-wife and I was like, yeah, that's that's fine. We're <laughs> fine with that. Yeah. Leave out the other stuff aside. So subsequently it's a classic family friendly thing where it's like, you could have younger kids watching it. Like with Adam's family values, you could have sort of preteens going like, you know, the classic teenager crossed arms, like eh, it's is stupid, but still watching. And then adults going, this is kind of fun. I'm enjoying this. There's something here. And that core message about connecting with the kids and a dead mum mm. and a dead boy. Um, so yeah, I've, I've just genuinely always appreciated it as a movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think they've never, never managed to capture that again some shitty fucking sequels mm. shitty spin-off stuff Casper to be fair the original story dumb it's like you know mm. it's like oh we're gonna do a like with the live action Scooby-Doo which again not a, not a horror film but the whole um, James Gunn written Scooby-Doo mm. live action with um, Sarah uh, Michelle Gellar and stuff that's a good Halloween appropriate thing even though it's colourful on a desert island it's like, it doesn't have to be set in Maine as, as mentioned previously the whole like this is you know isn't this a great place? And I think the line that Christina Ricci says, yeah, if you're Stephen King mm-hmm, It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, because uh, that's already saying to the kids they know what Stephen King is yeah. it's, in yeah. a, it's in that constant of point horror and, and goosebumps, etc, cetera, etc cetera. It's that next evolution, next step up, but still being a kids movie about, you know a load of ghosts um, It doesn't I mean there's, there's some school bullies who are assholes but it doesn't go full fucking carry, you know And so you have that tone of like, yeah, this is a family friendly film for the time uh, and it ends with Devon Soar playing the live action, uh, mm. Casper and thinking, oh, kid from Final Nation and Idle Hands." <laughs> Weird. Um, so that's my one. That's my other two. I think, I think both of them are being literally two years apart shows how even in that period of time they were given like, oh, this is a thing we'll punch out. It'll be a Disney movie. It will do fine. It'll be it's very colorful. It's very silly. It's like, no, you were doing a lot of really weird stuff in this film. Surprisingly semi-traumatizing stuff. And Casper's like, okay, well, we'll refine that a little bit. And like, there you go. Mm, that gets yeah. more to the late 90s, mid-90s, because Adam's family is to me, because being Barry Sonnenfeld, still feels rooted in that 80s-ness. Yeah. If you say, like, oh yeah, Adam's family, but they're 80s films, like, nope. It's only when you get to the Tim Curry sequel. In the late, late 90s, you go, that's what this feels like. And then Casper is like I think, a bridge to that sort of period where you get to that 2000s level Disney Channel special, you know, every yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I don't want to know the fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I don't need this. So <laughs> I see Jack playing with his phone. So let's go straight to Tim. <laughs> I've got it if you like it. Uh, go ahead. Have a guess. I don't know, fucking 30 or 40 probably.
1: Tim, what do you reckon? I know you're a big Casper fan. So what do you Casper... Reckon? Let's say dead on 50. Very close from Tim. 51%. With an audience score slightly lower of 49%. That's very strange to me. Mm. No one asked me. Again, who watched this and didn't think it was a 3 out of 5? Like Thinking of the Rotten Tomato scoring, I find it Mm. fascinating that just
0: over half the people thought this was a 3 out of 5 or more. Yeah, people are saying it's two or a one. Yeah. yeah. I, this is a bad film. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not fucking perfect. It's not yeah. brilliant. It's not like, oh my God. It's what not a... fucking Fellini, you know. <laughs> but... but it doesn't have to be. No. it Meet me things th- on their own terms, people. Yeah. It's, it's, as a visual accomplishment, it's very impressive. Yeah. The acting is funny, engaging. I mentioned the score and shit. Mm. Some good things in there. Uh, it's got a quote about being a flaccid little worm. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Tim. You're welcome, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I'm bringing this full circle, lads. The ring. Back <laughs>
2: back to old gothy chops himself. Weird, gawky, floppy haircut, Robert Smith wannabe, Tim Burton. Oh, I thought you were doing about like teenage
1: Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't say shit. You're the most right. gothy of the three of us. <laughs> By the way. You have to deal with this. You have to understand. I watched... Hocus Pocus when it came out. Mm. I watched Casper when it came out. Then I watched The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> the path was laid for me like yeah. breadcrumbs into the fucking woods. <laughs> and um, you've
1: won floor length leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yes. Tim Burton,
0: Beetlejuice. Hey. This is fascinating mm. because it's one of those, again, a prime example of like, that's 15, not for kids. It's like,
3: eh,
2: isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it is absolutely one of those ones that's right on the cusp because it's so cartoonish. You know, they're, they're
0: literally after the success of Beetlejuice, they made a cartoon out of it. I had the Creepy Cruiser, which was the Beetlejuice car. There's no yeah. car in that movie. No, I've, i have seen the toy for thing. Because again, merch and toys yeah. and things. And I love the cartoon. I haven't seen the musical and got a hand job there yet. So no. Um, <laughs> Politics, but it's on everybody. your list. <laughs> it is now. Oh, Goddamn Boba. Yeah.
2: Um, I wonder if that's gonna become a thing. Just <laughs> like <laughs> it <laughs> becomes becomes
0: <laughs> like the a Beatles trend. Hand jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Any Tim if you got time.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got hands. Uh, uh,
2: yes. So not 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 the musical version. Oh, Although no. there is music in very introduced. Yeah, there is, there is. Um, but yes, such a weird, you know, fucking Tim Burton. Oh, he's a weirdo. Um, <laughs> but it's such a unique vision, um, and and something that's so lacking from a lot of his later output that just felt like photocopying the same thing over and over again until the you're fidelity of forward, it dies. You're not looking
0: forward to Beetlejuice 2 coming out in a couple of years. I am next not year or next or year. Next year. Next yeah, year. Next year, yeah. next year. No, I'm very much not. Um, I don't trust him. Yeah.
2: And 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 it sits right on that boundary because, like you say, it's it's a fifteen. Um, it has some truly like, I don't know if there's a, there's not anything like really jump scary in it, but there is some imagery that is like truly grotesque, like the the stuff that um, snake banister. Oh, I guess so. Yeah.
0: Oh no no, that's me saying question mark because I think if we talk about Sir Sam Raimi doing, mm. um. His shit with uh, uh, Doctor Strange, yeah, and Tim Burton doing his stuff with the Wednesday TV series. Mm. I think absolutely it's a twelve A when it comes out yeah. today.
1: And then General Ortega is showing up in Beetlejuice too. There, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, um,
2: yeah, and it's but it's you know the, the 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 kind of the the bits where Alec Baldwin and uh, Gina Davis Davis um, transform their faces. Yeah. Uh, like that's truly like grotesque, weird, like body horror almost. It is, yeah. Um, And not to mention like the fact where you, you watch it when you're young and you go like, oh, it's Beetlejuice. far. Oh, he's a weird ghost. He's a, oh, he's bad. He's a bad egg. Um, And then you go back and go, wait, he's trying to m- marry that teenager. <laughs> and, and, and you watch it nowadays and you're like, wow, Beetlejuice is so horny in this film. There's um, a lot of horniness in these it, films. It horror, is. Sex and horror. Sex yeah. and horror goes yeah, hand, yeah. hand in hand. He is For the kids. just constantly like honking his dick and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he does honk. I never nice thought, fucking model. I yeah. never thought
1: of it that way, but honking his dick. He does. He loves to, to honk on Bobo. Um <laughs> hang
0: on, and... hang on. Honk on Bobo. Hand drop from Bobo. <laughs>
3: <I> feel... <laughs> 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 the old Bobo
0: honk. That's what we're yeah. calling it from now. If that was listening to the future, doesn't know what we're talking about politics <laughs>
2: <laughs> um and yeah he's like i mean like the performance by michael keaton is so great and the fact that they made this and then were like yeah and that's batman <laughs> um uh but it is it's such a it's such a weird unique vision of what the afterlife would be like where it's like okay yeah you've got like manuals and this weird like waiting room and
0: it's the classic '60s bureaucracy that yeah. Burton's grown up with, and he's like, "I'm going to do the Mad Men like universe. Yeah. Like, it's all offices down there. It's Like, yeah, what? but also deserts with snakes, Jupiter sandworms,
2: yeah, yeah, and fucking uh, Gina Davis turns out to be the quizach Haderach <laughs> at the end, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> fucking hell,
2: um, comes
0: in riding, yeah, uh, lao." yeah <laughs> shy hello motherfucker <Shy-al-> yeah <laughs> also i think about that whole 15 thing about it's not always just the visual horror and that the snake banister and stuff. It's mm-hmm. so much of terror well, good, well, what's it we've come for your daughter chuck it's like that's kind of creepy oh sorry yeah. there we go there's an actual pedophile in that film yeah there we go that was what it was um did we yeah. know at the time but specifically it's the fact that they summon uh, Alec Baldwin and Ginny Davis, and then they decay and fall apart and they can't speak.
2: Yes, that's pretty fucking traumatizing. Yeah, that that bit where they're, yeah, where they're, they're, yeah, rotting away mm. is, is, is really like sticks with you. But again, it's that, it's that imagery, it's the, it's creepy rather than like jump scares and, mm. and, or, or gore or anything like that, mm. which. Keeps it just the right side of like you could show this to like a a thirteen year old mm. and they you know they'd probably be fine you know depending on the thirteen year old. Well,
0: I was watching this at the same time I was watching Hocus Pocus and Casper. Yeah, right? like they can from single digits to double digits. Yeah, and and Batman Returns as well. And it, the poster for Beetlejuice just being in a spooky house with yeah. this crazy guy. Oh, yeah, look Ah, oh, look at me! I'm a clown. Oh kind look! Of thing. I've got my head off and oh yeah. It's it all feels very. Saturday morning special, yeah. Like, uh, uh, there's a series called Terra Towers on British television at the time, mm. and it's like you know a game show that's mm. kind of like Crystal Maze, mm. you know, eccentric host doing quizzes, shit, and then the cameras upside down or they flip the the, mm. the 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 inverted the image, so it looks like they're on the roof trying to get eyeballs with spoons. Ooh, and I had a spooky cereal. Ooh, it just looks like that, except it's not. It's yeah. fucking fifteen, and it's a, and it's a weirdly. Like the
2: concerns of it are weirdly adult, um, because mm. it's all about like moving into a house and then like having your dream house and then having someone else move in and ruin it with their awful interior design.
0: Having a house—that's a weird one to start with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, and it's very 80s in its like Catherine O'Hara being like this sort of weird yuppie. Yeah. Uh, let's replace everything with sort of polished steel stuff. There's um, that
0: other thing as well that, that Burton does, and he, it's a really sort of very strange, telling thing about Burton. Them city folk coming up and ruining yeah. the sweet suburban towns. Like, well, a minute ago, well, no, sorry, a minute ago, later he does Edward hands with yeah. the whole that sweet suburban town's a bit creepier than you think yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. But here it's like, no, no, they're great
2: people. It's because it's th- this is a small town rather than oh, suburbs. suburbs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, thank you, Tim. That's exactly yeah. it um but yeah and 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 i don't think it's a surprise that this then got turned into a cartoon because so many of the elements of it are extremely cartoonish and even the stuff with the like the body horror that i was mentioning like a lot of that's played for laughs in a sort of way because they're so clearly like oh yeah they're doing this like weird disgusting stuff to their faces but they seem perfectly fine with it and they're just kind of like shrugging at each other and being like well Guess we've got to go haunt some people.
0: Yeah, it's it's the, it's the embarrassment of it. Yes. And I love the fact that when they're trying, there's terrifying, they're, they're, you know, go out mm. there and be spooky, try this. Mm. And okay, fine, I've got fingers on my eyeball. Mm. Uh, sorry, eyeballs on my fingers. And, yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, the idea of them meeting up with a writer's character and freaking around. She's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. But yeah. then Alec Baldwin can't put his face back so he ends up having things like, yeah, we care about you very much. And yeah. he's got this giant rubbery nose. Yeah. It's 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 that Sam Raimi level of like, this is stupid. Yeah. And you know I, this is stupid.
2: And I think the crucial thing is, is that Lydia, the the um Winona Ryder character, mm. she's never really scared of them.
0: Not until that point, no. Because it's yeah. like, why are you
2: doing this? Yeah. You're my friends.
0: Yeah. But there's like, oh, it's just being a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that she then gets sort of adopted by them mm. at the end. Yeah. Because um, again, it's the, it's the weirdo of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Which obviously Burton absolutely loves and, you know. Will repeat throughout his career. Ad nauseum. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think such such a really iconic film, uh, for being such a weird film. Yeah, I agree. um, uh, that absolutely fits into this category.
0: Really, getting Hocus Pocus two vibes about Beetlejuice two. Oh, yeah. it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I'll we'll get, we'll get a higher score on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I agree. Fuck off. I would like it to be good.
1: Well, and sure, I, we want everything I, to be good. Probably, yeah,
0: yeah that, uh, Sometimes sometimes you want things to be shit because, you know, fuck they deserve to be shit. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, uh, in the sense that Wednesday was announced, I thought, ah, Sonnenfeld did so good with Adam's family. Everyone thinks it's Tim Burton. Mm. I don't know, I want to see a Tim Burton version. Then watch Wednesday and think, actually, this is surprisingly fucking good. There's, uh, Louise Guzman and Catherine Zeta-Jones, brilliant cast. Yep. Like, t- okay, Burton, let's see where you're going with this. If you actually tapped into your actual roots here, you mm. fuck. And then thanks to Lady Gaga and TikTok, mm-hmm. she exploded. But General was great. We mentioned how was good she's in Scream and things. Mm. And she's got that Winona Ryder vibe of being almost like Aubrey Plaza, like eerie yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen them, the two of them presenting on a yes, war together? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why do they pair up stuff together? I have no idea. Yeah. I <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> and then um, seeing the sequel idea, like, this could work. But the problem is I remember somebody saying, oh, here's some set photos. And it's like, yeah, just looks fine. Mm. Nothing out of the ordinary. And you see the statue and like, oh, already, I know that's the thing that would be there because of the fact that it's like, you know, Catherine O'Hara's ridiculous, mm. you know, metal work nonsense. Yeah. A terrible modern art, as it were. Yeah. But it's also the sense of like, how reference heavy is this going <laughs> to yeah. be? Yeah, I how, trust how, Keaton.
2: How up its own ass yeah. is it going to be?
0: Because Keaton and The Flash, I don't know one saw The Flash, but Keaton was good. It was nice to see him back as as Batman. I think this. Is mm. pretty good. He's 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 him talking about spaghetti. It's like yeah, okay, I'm, I'm whatever he has to say, mate. I'm sold. But it's a prime example of like, let's leave it alone.
3: Yeah, yeah. That wraps us up.
0: It does. Indeed. That hopefully
3: gives you
2: some ideas. Perhaps you are looking for something spooky rather than scary around this Halloween period. Perhaps you've got kids that you will Wanting to
0: introduce to the realms of horror, I think I think it's one of those things where this conversation is a time capsule of obsolescence. <laughs> where if you were saying to certain kids, they'd be like, "I don't know what they're talking about. This is classic." Like, wait, you had an outhouse? You used to shit outside? <laughs> um, it's like, yes, that's just a normal thing. It's like because Halloween is a thing. Mm. My neighbor's house right now is decorated to fuck. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's nice. People do go trick or treating in this country. People go for parties. People watch these things. Um, Hocus Pocus 2 is a thing on Disney Channel. And you guys mentioned Disney Plus having this whole yep. uh, category of like horror. Films. Netflix is the same thing for kids as well as adults. Yeah. It's already here now constantly. It's just a normal part. The difference is um, we were in a transitional point where it's like, oh, hang on. What was what this looking like? Trying to figure out the thing. The problem is with what we referenced just now, other than I mentioned like vampires versus the Bronx, are we watching them as in adults? We remember the yeah, stuff that means, right yeah. Frank like Weenie, for example, you obviously came to recently. Is there an urge to watch it? Have they sterilized it too much? Have they incorporated other things? I think it's one of those conversations we're doing as a conversation starter and then would absolutely defer to younger people and say, what do you guys think? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I mean,
2: think, I think I think that stuff like Stranger Things, like Occupy, Yeah, definitely. That's very important. Speaking of Winona, right? Yeah, even though that, that has certainly stuff that I would say is... Not for beyond kids. the, yeah, that it's beyond what is in any of these films. Like, but I think that's what a lot of people are watching.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Good point. The fact that Wednesday was such a big success, not just because yeah. of the TikTok stuff. No, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Gen- genuinely, I think there is a big movement for this slightly more mature, but still for kids content. It seems to mostly be from streaming, mm. but I think it is still relevant in the, the, cinematic discussion mm. as well and yeah mm. we will see what happens with mm. beetlejuice too Well, in of September course of streaming year. services love it because it's cheap to make exactly yeah, yeah. and kids will sit there and watch things on repeat so they'll watch the same film 400 times in a weekend true so yeah that's how streaming services like <laughs> a lot of people to consume their content <laughs> is non-stop all the time and uh yeah that is that is a, is a big part of, of streaming marketing and their planning around it is Having these rewatchable, bingeable shows, and especially the stuff that is suitable for kids, is going to be rewatched a lot, whether you like it or not. Because I want to watch insert name of thing here Mm. happens a lot with
0: kids. (laughs) And again, I maintain just a complete tap off thing here. One thing we have, I I alluded to it very briefly, but I think we were not talking about is how much we were primed for what happened lesser because we were things Mm. like TV. One of the most popular TV series, like recurring cartoon on repeat. Scooby fucking do. And what is it always? It's some spooky, scary <laughs> fucking stuff. And they're like, oh look, don't worry, tear the mask off. It's Mr. Jones. I would have got away with it too. You fucking kids. I'll the real you. the real horror is
2: old capitalists. Pretty much.
1: Yep. yep. That's that's the lesson we want you to take away mm-hmm. from this episode. The real horror, old capitalists. We'll be back next week <laughs> with something completely different. Like I said, it's a Patreon pick, it's a VIP pick, so Oh boy, we're going to get into some hot takes and interesting discussions. Before that, please do go and review and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, not Google Podcasts. That's dead. Uh, any, anything else? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. Nobody really uses it, but it's dead. Uh, Google are swapping over to YouTube Music, so go and check us out on YouTube Music or however that <laughs> works or whatever. We'll we'll try and work out how oh that God, works. Oh God, are we YouTubers internet. now? No. Um,
0: no, <clears throat> Never. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is okay. no no no. No. <laughs> no. I use it as a platform. No. I don't. It's like thing, like, I'm not a YouTuber in any way, shape, or form. You made content for on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's it. Anyway, go and follow me.
1: I am J L W Chambers on absolutely everything. Like I said, go to sequelizers.com. Check out the Discord. Check out the shop. All that kind of stuff. You've probably heard me say this many times before. You've been listening to the show, but I highly do recommend checking out the Discord. There's always fun discussions going on there. Pretty much like a post-show breakdown every time Oh, we're going to
0: get absolutely
1: crawled in the Discord. Oh, like, I can't, I can't believe, believe you didn't mention this, this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, it happens every it. time. So uh, go and join that discussion and that, <laughs> and that conversation on the Discord. Pick
0: up a stone and stone us
1: to death with everyone else. Pretty much, pretty much. Fucking. Speaking of your uh, YouTubing career, Matthew,
0: how can people follow you on the internet? You can go to the redrighthand.co.uk to read the v- views that I make. I don't know, I can't say that properly, but there v- we go. V- 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 views? That's uh, me shivering with fear and all the different things I'm reviewing. Ghosts. ghosts. You can go to Cheesemint.com to see the things that I make. I've recently updated it to prepare for new episodes of Super Happy Kill Time. Because I've been working on it for a while. There's some Halloween episodes of that. I've um some spooky episodes. There's some Right. Well, there's an entire series that comes out as a spin-off called Super Happy Kill Time Afterlife, which is all about Shinigami and and ghosts and monsters and shit. And again, it's like a 12A kind of thing. So it's fat. Oh, my God. Me. I should recommend recommended me. Oh, um, God. Anyway. You missed a step there, right? I was going to say, I was going to circle back to it. I did it a little bit differently this time. Uh, But no, I did just forget. Uh, you can also follow me on all the social media things. Stogs. S-T-O-G-H-Z. And I do a sumo wrestling podcast called Sumo Drop. Tim. Uh, If people want to haunt you, um, how can they do it? Um, I'm permanently haunted. Tim, wait, no, I got a better one. Okay, sorry, Tim. Uh, if people want to summon you on a Ouija board, what would they have to slide the little <laughs> s- thing over the little the, letters? The planchette. The planchette. Thank you. Yes, I was going to say Oculus, and that's wrong. Planchette, <laughs> planchette.
2: Um, slide that. Slide that little indicator over to trivia underscore lad on Twitter. Uh, on et- on letterboxed and trivia lad on blue sky. Uh, those are the places that I haunt, like a screaming demon.
3: Oh,
1: screaming demon! Wow. Well, if you want to hear from more screaming demons, tune in next week, folks. Well, I said we're back with something very, very different, but an interesting topic nonetheless. Until then, thank you so much for listening.
0: Have you let into yeah. You- I was I was surprised you didn't go goodbye. All <laughs> oh, that shit. You son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> you son I of got a bitch you to do the outro anyway, Matthew.
2: Thriller eyes.
0: <laughs> Bend over, I'm gonna fuck you. Every time we stop, I see you reach for the goddamn yeah, yeah. buttons. You work Every time I'm like, I wonder what it's going to be. But I know what it's going to be. Yeah. Me. There's one button I've never
3: pressed.